feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose, and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, 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 and the ladies, welcome back to another episode of The Farm. We got a special, 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 special guest for us today. Listen, great resource, great resource, and now is on board as well. Um, also, too, I'm going to give, I'm going to let, with this, right, I'm going to give you uh, Steve Candarelli, right? That's that right? No, not uh, at all. Go, okay, well, then intro yourself, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> How do you say your last name? Candelaria. Candelaria. That's why I call you Candy. See, yeah. It's way easier. That's why everybody thing. calls me Candy. Yeah, see, Candor Candorilia. Candle right? area. Candle area. That's it. Candle area. Just 10 letters. Candle area. My guy. Okay, listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> well, you know, we're all learning here. <laughs> Especially me. So, okay. So, we had so much, like, we had so much time of, like, just building, what was it, like, uh, three years ago, four years ago. It was right when, when COVID it, happened. So I think 2020, maybe 2020. about three and a half, four years. Yeah. During that, that time too. When was the first time that we actually, I know that, uh, Ken connected us with the D backs, but when did we originally, did I, Oh, did I go to the stadium first when I first met you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You came over, where was working with the player over there? You came over, brought some farm boards with you and yeah, yeah. boys and yeah, we got him right in the cage. Yeah, for real. That was actually, that was really fun too. Cause he was, um, now Mr. You know, world series champ now, you know, at the time, but, um, you know, we're, we definitely, um, when we're, uh, when I was over there, I think it was, it was kind of an interesting thing too, as well. It's so funny thinking back to that moment. Cause I remember we were doing some of these drills that uh, he, we even had him doing a uh, reverse leg kicks and stuff and he was smoking some balls. And I remember you saying like, bro, those are some of the cleanest balls you've hit. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a fun time though. But yeah, so we originally, um, met over there. Um, and then also to, you know, it came in, uh, I spent some time with you in spring training and some things as well. And uh, we like shared notes with like players and all those different things too, but so many different insights. So why don't, why don't you kind of just give us just the kind of backstory to just on the same sense of uh, start back with uh, the earliest uh, baseball and like how that kind of progressed into today. Yeah. I was going to see how, how deep do you really want to go? I didn't get a script for this. So yeah, no, I'm start us from what, when did you start playing? When did I, I don't even know any of this stuff. Yeah, um, I grew up in a small town, Farmington, New Mexico. Um, there's not a whole lot going on there. We got oil, gas. Uh, we got the National High School Rodeo there. Hey. Uh, Connie Mack World Series. Uh, so, Connie Mack, baby. Yeah, growing up as a kid, I think you just you see the Connie Mack kids roll in, and they look like big leaguers to you. So yeah. I think just growing up there, um, you know, rodeo and baseball – and football, wrestling, you know, those were all kind of the options. But mm -hmm. uh, when Connie Mack came around, they the, the town shuts down for it. So yeah. it was kind of cool uh, just to be a part of that growing up and getting to get, go stand, like, behind the fence and catch the home run balls during the home run derby. Like, those yeah. are memories that I'll have forever. For sure. Um, so I think just uh, that was kind of like my my first intro into baseball. Um my, I don't really come from a sports family, so mm. uh, I did have my grandpa's from Texas, and he was actually a Texas Rangers fan, Nolan Ryan fan. So mm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that was a, kind of the do you first. Think, do you think that that was like, uh, I'm just interested too with this is like, do you think that your family not being in the sports was like a, a plus for you or, you know, or pluses and minuses there? Like how do you, cause I know like, for example, some families are super in the sports and dad's a little overbearing or like some of those things, like my mom was like, could care less how I did. So yeah. like we had a pretty good relationship driving home. Like, do you feel like that was like a plus or minus for you when you kind of look at that? Oh, it was definitely a plus. I don't mm -hmm. think we ever had any of those conversations. I yeah. think my parents were, my parents are blue collar, hardworking people. Um, yeah. Growing up, my dad, he was, he was trying to find jobs, doing things, uh, ended up working in a gold mine for three wow. or four years up yeah. in Colorado. Like we live in a trailer park at the time. So, yeah. you know, there's gangster, my family's just trying to survive, you know, and sports sure. was an outlet for me that I got to be a part of. And my parents supported me wholeheartedly through it. They did whatever they could, uh, yeah. take me to tournaments, take me to camps, yeah, try to get me some exposure because mm -hmm. Farmington's super small town. It's not really accessible. What did your, uh, what'd your mom do? Um, she actually used to drive like loaders at a gravel pit. <laughs> wow. So she did that for yeah, a while. Yeah. And then she, yeah. uh, especially for a mom. Good for her. Yep. And then she started working at a, a belt buckle company and started making belt wow. buckles with people. What, 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 a, what, a, what a unique, <laughs> Bro, what a, my uh, parents are grinders, yeah. man. Like they, came, yeah. they, they, they did what they could to give my sister and I life. So, you yeah. know, I, I thank them for that too. So, um, oh, it's interesting point. Just not to do that is, um, I actually didn't know that, but, uh, Donnie Ecker, same thing, grew up mm -hmm. in a trailer park, uh, was in, um, what's this town over here in California? It's like the little, this little small, um, on the way to LA. I'm trying to think, uh, uh Barstow. Barstow. It was either, I, I'm thinking, I want to say, I want to say Barstow, maybe. Um, is where Donnie grew up, but it was kind of same thing. Like you just interesting, you know, backstory too, because again, it also built that like blue collar, like in him and then mine very similar too, right? Like didn't grow up a lot of money either. So I think like that grind and also the parents like mindset and some of those things as well, like makes it easier to work. It's just like, it's just habit. Like you just been doing it since I was young, you know, yep. kind of had to fend for yourself in some ways and figure out some things and yeah, could be a definitely big plus there. So, okay. So, um, and then when did you, uh, um, when did you start, uh, uh, playing baseball? Like what, what age do you remember off the top of your head? Four or five years old. Yeah. But yeah. I was definitely, you know, I have a kid now and <laughs> he doesn't look like he's 18 months. He looks like a three-year-old. And I yeah. assumed that I was the same type of kid cause I always played a couple levels up in a small town. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, all the way from T-ball all the way up. That was a sport I fell in love with. Nice. What other uh, sports did you play? I uh, played a little bit of basketball, a little bit of football, but neither mm. of them stuck. Um, yeah. If I was playing either of those sports, they were for <laughs> baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but it. yeah, I played high did, school. Did you guys have, uh, did you guys have, uh, I know when, like when I was younger, I would play like per season, like what mm -hmm. was ever in season. Did uh, you guys have um, baseball or like year round or did you like, you know, kind of just hop from like sport to sport based on like what season it was or like, how was that for you? Yeah, uh, just in like middle school years, I was kind of into dirt bikes and snowboarding. So mm -hmm. um, I took part in that whenever baseball season wasn't going on. Yeah. And then I think when I got into about eighth grade, they started having fall ball leagues. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like the first time that that kind of had happened in our town. Yeah. So it was like, that was perfect time for me, like yeah. going into high school. Same. It was like, yeah, I was Fine playing baseball too. pretty much year round Yeah. Uh, with that, which, you know, it was great. And <clears throat> One of the coolest things I think growing up in Farmington was they built this place called the Strike Zone. It was, you know, modeled kind of similar to what we got mm -hmm. going on here. But, you know, that was kind of a safe haven for me because I didn't really feel 
Like I, not necessarily that I didn't fit in places. It was like my mind was only focused on baseball and there wasn't anything there for that. So when that place opened up, it was, uh, my parents would drop me off there. They'd go work and I'd get to spend three or four hours just hitting in the cage. And it was like, there was no intent. I was just trying to hit cage bombs. And yeah, yeah. that was fun to me. And I got to meet a lot of players, a lot of kids from other teams and schools. Cause it was, I actually grew up in Aztec, New Mexico, which is 10 minutes outside of Farmington, but Farmington's our big city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I think that was, that was a big part of my life that I think continued to push me down the baseball route for sure. Yeah. So, and then also, um, you know, w- with that as well is what, what position did you play? When, uh, when I played, played third base, third base. Yeah. Yeah. But I played a good amount of third. I honestly played on a lot of different teams along with it. There were some teams where like I was the youngest on the team mm-hmm. and then there were some teams where I was like the oldest on the team. Um, but I usually played like two age groups up a lot of the time too. Um, and then also too, I, you know, we talked about that a lot as well. It's like, you know, when you get to high school, you're going to play four years, but you know, playing against people that are four years older and you get to college, that could be six years older than you and you got super yeah. seniors now and like all the different things and all the red shirts you could do, you know, and all that too as well. So I think that's, you know, interesting, like, uh, growing up, um, that way as well. What, am, um, when did you start feeling like you were interested more in like the other side of, also of the game too, of like, you know, like, was that something that when you were younger, you started like being just interested like about the body or interested about performance or like what, what, what kind of sparked that for you? I'd say the strike zone, like that batting cage, like that was a play dart fish. They were running dart fish. Mm-hmm. That was like the first where you could yeah. basically take your swing and match it to mm-hmm. a big league guys. And it was like, yeah, that's, you know, I that I said, was a uh, side view pro. Yes, bro, that yeah, was, I was big on that. Yeah. Like I would anything dial up internet, man. We were, we were online, <laughs> like trying to find like, videos of like what a swing should look like because it was like you got to a point where you were hitting the cages for three or four hours a day it was like okay i need to work on something not just try to hit cage bombs so yeah yeah. uh that was where i was kind of exposed to it and uh a lot of those guys just had bigger mindsets than just like playing high school baseball so yeah you know that was that was when i really started to take ownership i would say in my career uh whereas something that i came like extremely passionate about uh but the body you know i had a our football coach in high school was basically our strength coach and they used to have like yep. the leaderboards of the bigger, faster, strongers. And it was yep. like, I was always one, two, three. So it was like, yeah. I gravitated a little more towards the weight room cause I was good at it. Like yeah. people tend to do that. Yeah, right. So it's sure. like baseball and weightlifting were kind of my things. Yeah. Um, I ended up having a uh, meniscal surgery, uh, in my junior between junior and senior year. <clears throat> And I, I firmly believe it was from my technique from power cleaning. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, looking back at that, it was like, there's a lot of injuries that I've had that could have been prevented if I yeah. would have been not necessarily more informed because I felt like the people that were trying were doing their best. Yeah. Um, I did felt cared for, but at the same time, like there you're was younger. technique. Yeah. I was say when I was also too, when like you're younger in general, like you also have a naivety. It's like, you know, like. I'm not going to get hurt or like, right. you, you know, like, invincible. yeah, I feel invincible. It's like, I'm not worried about that. Right. But and in reality, like, you're like, oh yeah. Like, you know, this stacked on top of it, you know, over and over and over again. And because again, that blue collar background and those other things, I, th- I think they almost kind of go hand in hand where like, you almost have to like a lot of blue collar mindset is like overlooking obstacles or like, you know, things that potentially could happen. It was just like, I got to do this or it is what it is. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I got to take risk. Like that's, the, you know, how, you know, you make right. it through is like, you, like risk assessment is uh, teetered a different way. But I also think um, interesting with that too, is I also had a ton of uh, a lot of these like soft tissue, like, 
you know, injuries or, you know, things like that is like when we, and it was like, I used to call them like, um, yeah, they're overuse or I used to call them more like misuse, like misuse injuries, I guess you could call it that way. But it was just like, oh, like overworking. Like I, like a lot of, like, I think there's a lot of people that never have to worry about that because they literally just don't work hard enough where it's never going to happen. But it was the opposite for me. Like my body could not keep up with my brain wanted to do. Um, and like, you know, again, I was, when I look back now and look at the volume of what I was doing and the crap, I mean, I remember one time, um, at our, at our, our cages down the street, the Academy that I grew up in on deck, uh, baseball Academy was when we didn't have the car, like, I'm like, all right, I'll just take the bike, I'll take my bike. And so I went and, you know, went there. Then also to uh, Taylor's uncle was training us. So I rode my bike to his house. Uh, then we did a bunch of stuff and I rode back and then, you know, came back home and my dad was like, Oh, like, you know, like how far did you go today? And like, and I'm like, so I did the, you know, little GPS thing on my phone and I was like, Oh, it was like 15 miles. Like, and he's like, what? <laughs> like, and I'm like, and, I, and then I'm thinking back, like, yo, like that would have destroyed me. Like now it would destroy me just to ride 50 miles. Like I was riding to the house to work out, you know, like, yeah. like, and it was like, or I was going to the cages to work out. Like, you know, it's like, that was just my transportation, like to get there. And just like at the time, not even thinking about those things of anything to do with my body. It was like, that was like a workout before the workout. And I was just like, yeah, like that's what I have to do to be able to get this done. And I think about that, like, you know, like that more of that blue collar mindset. It was like, it wasn't even a thought in my head. It's like, well, yeah, I just got to get there so I can work out. That's what like, you got to do, man. Yeah. It just it is what it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't got to ride. Like, what am I do? Stay at home? Like, right. ride my bike over there. Like it is what it is, you know? Yep. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think that that with that though, that mindset, <laughs> like while it being a strength in certain areas, um, it definitely isn't the most intellectually driven. It's more like work ethic right. than it is anything like <laughs> even like work, fast and hard and even if it's not in the greatest direction it's just like you know like you just like work harder basically right. and so when things didn't work out in my favor like i would just like work harder like my my main mindset was like work harder work harder work harder work harder but then obviously you get to a point where well you know like which direction you're working in does matter right. um but in the very beginning i think like why that's a mindset for a lot of people is because like they're just really not working hard enough in the first place which is different thing but yeah so I had a lot of injuries uh like that from just again the same thing too I started um I would have certain like my low back would be hurting and my knees would be hurting or I didn't really have a ton of knee issues but definitely back yeah. like, like I was a lot of you know low back stuff um that happened to me especially I think I think the first time I started really feeling anything like that was like high school but that's when I also was uh, when I started lifting more and mm -hmm. I was, you know, and also to doing things like beach, <laughs> beach workouts, like, yeah. you know, even though we're in Vegas and never hadn't really been to the beach. That I remember one of the first, like once I busted out into college, like one of the first books I bought, it was called a huge and it was a mm -hmm. bodybuilding like book, yeah. like filled with all the nutrition, yeah, yeah, all the hydration, and then at the back of the book was a program, and it was like, let's run with this. Bro. Yeah, this is. Let's see what me. we could do. Yeah, let's see how much up. how much muscle we could stack on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is which is also interesting too. I think the other thing is is I think there's also a naivety because typically when you're younger, my interpretation of this too is like a lot of athletes, they're literally just not even strong enough to hurt themselves. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't create enough force yet, right? But they already have some of those pattern dysfunctions, mm -hmm. but it's just like, it's not enough force where it's like, if a pro athlete was moving like that, like they would get hurt, right? Yeah. But like, you just don't create enough force to like be able to hurt yourself yet. Like, and the reason I think about this is like, for example, 
at a pretty young age, like probably below like 13 and under, right? For most kids, probably honestly, probably like 14, 15 and under for most kids right across the nation. They don't even create enough force to break their bat. Like they, they would like a wood bat. Like they don't hit the ball hard enough mm -hmm. to eat, have enough force to break the bat. And then all of a sudden, like 14, 15, 16, 17, those things start snap, 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 snap. And it's like, well, you're finally strong enough. And the person throwing the ball is strong enough, right? To like throw a ball at a high rate of speed. And then you be able to swing a bat at a high rate of speed where the bat can actually break. But like, you know, a lot of little kids like Drew, you'd have to like hit concrete or you'd have to hit like that bat is not breaking. Um, and then also too, I guess now I'm getting all, now I'm getting deep with this. Also, probably an interesting thing is um, the lever is shorter because they're using a smaller bat, which then also would put less pressure on the bat too. So I think probably like all of those mixed together. But I think I think about that with injuries a lot too. It's just like you're just literally not strong enough to hurt yourself yet. Yeah, it's just you know like dysfunction that way. But um, yeah, and then when so you start stacking strength on top of bad patterns. Catastrophe. Yeah. Yes. Bad things happen. <laughs> so what, when, um, what, what kind of, you know, from that in, in high school, um, when you went to, did you, when you went to, uh, what was that process like that transition from high school into college and that, that, that process for you, how did that look like for you? Uh, funny enough, man, it's a true story. Uh, my freshman year of college, I, <laughs> I loved the game of baseball, but I wasn't yeah. the most intelligent baseball player. Same. Um, I was never really, and this is partially my fault, but I was never really taught necessarily like the mental side of the game. Mm. Um, I always just thought that the physical side was the more important part and going to mm. be the primary thing that carried me to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was doing stupid stuff on the weekends and like hanging out with the boys and mm just not necessarily one track mind of like if i want to get to the next level it's going to take all these things yeah it was like i have all this free time now i got to go fill it with fun right yeah. and uh so you know i had a coach in i went to shasta junior college after high school and uh my coach i i basically enjoyed my freshman year and at the end of the year he basically told me that i need to get in better shape and it mm -hmm. was it was a gut check for me and it was like okay I'm going to go play summer ball in Oregon and I'm going to work out all summer. I'm going to follow a diet. Uh, but you know, that costs money too. So, uh, my buddy and I, that I was living with at the time, we ended up like going and painting houses. It was called like college Co college pro painter. And <laughs> so like during the day, like we didn't have time to screw around. Like we had to go make money. Then we had to go to practice yeah. and then we got to wake up and do it all over again. So it was actually a good, uh, good setup for me. But like, again, that was kind of like where I started to hone in a little bit better of a work ethic, uh, and focus a little bit more on like kind of all aspects of the game. But yeah, that summer I would say was one of the like biggest insights to me of like, you know, I got my work ethic back. I got the distractions out of my life and now I can focus a little bit more on baseball. And, uh, so the following year I went back, had a decent season. Our team did pretty well um and you know fell back in love i could say with the process and not just mm -hmm. the game and you know each i feel like each level that like after i transferred from that school i ended up going to corbin university in oregon um it was a blessing of an opportunity got to meet a lot of great people uh, learned a lot about myself and made a lot of mistakes too along the way that i mm -hmm. you know regret but learned from mm -hmm. um so you know what did what did you uh major in in junior college 
Uh, I didn't major in anything. I just basically got my associates and then went into. Uh, what was your What was your degree in though? Uh, exercise science and kinesiology. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I in actually in junior college I started as a construction management major. Okay. Uh, I was I I uh, I majored uh, as a uh, criminal justice major. I okay. wanted to be a cop. That's that was that was so yeah that degree also switched yeah. as well yeah 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 no I I actually wanted to be a construction guy so mm-hmm. um but I think the economy had kind of taken a hit at that time and it was mm-hmm. like I really didn't know what I was gonna do but I was still passionate about working out and yeah and lifting and so whenever I transferred to that school like I got in that program and mm-hmm. you know just kind of ran with it and um you know crazy enough man I had I struggled with a lot of injuries. And again, it wasn't necessarily from like messing around, but it was like, I was working hard. I was in the Mm -hmm. gym. I was leading groups of guys that just wanted to get better. Like Mm -hmm. we were all in the gym, just smashing weights. Yeah. And, uh, we loved it, man. It was, it was part of it. Like we, if we couldn't sleep at night, we had the key to the, the batting cages. We'd roll up to the field and hit 12 30, one o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and, uh, go back to school take your couple classes, you know, and then yeah. go back to the gym, bro. And it was I know. like, people talk, people talk about that all the time where they go, um, like, you know, there's like college is like a busy time for some people and things too, but also I've never had more free time in my life. Like, yeah. you know, like again, you go get after and you get your stuff done and X, Y, and Z with it. Right. But it's like, you don't have a ton of like your responsibilities are going to school and playing. Right. And it's like, so I, I, I think all the other side of that too, especially you know, you were lived up in the same area I did. Um, at that time, it's like, it snowed a lot, you know, in junior college specifically, right? It's like, dude, there's three feet of snow on the ground. I came from Vegas. It's like, bro, I don't, you know, like some guys are out there like, yeah, I'm going snowboarding this weekend. And like, they were going to like live up in the snow. Me, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this stuff. Like, you know, it's like, I'm in Vegas. Like it, it literally snowed like two times in my life. And it was like an inch of snow and, you know, swipe it off. And like, you know, that was the life. So it was like, you know, we had a lot of d- dead time and, um, you know, a lot of times with that it was the same thing with like, you know, weight room and training and like all that stuff. And then, um, I think also, uh, just a interesting time, like you're saying as well, it's like, we, we say that a lot for a lot of players as well as like when they start working out, it's like all these injuries start happening and all that stuff too, which is, again, you're in the weight room. Not only are you now able to create more force to do things, but also like your stack, you know, if there's a lot of these patterns that are now getting, you know, like that are now getting more, um, uh, depth and pattern, right. Or like, again, that, 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 uh, that pattern is getting more ingrained and it's like deeper and deeper and deeper. Cause now you're stacking load on top of it and making the body care about, you know, how it does that. And like doing that more and more. And I just remember like the same thing, like started having injuries and stuff about like things like I had never had. And at, for me too, like the other thing was like in college was, uh, I, my arm had never hurt. Yeah. Like my whole life, my arm had never hurt. Right. And then, um, my arm had never hurt. And then, you know, same thing, but I was also a dude guys hated playing catch with me because like, I'd be like six throws in. I want to go to the fence. Like I'm like <laughs> my, my body, like even now, right. Like I warm up really like pretty quick, yeah. like, like movement wise and like all that stuff. Like, um, you know, the same thing is like, I used to think about that. It's like now when I'm doing throwing or something like that, like, or it places I've had injuries, like, you know, again, like takes a little bit longer, like in some yeah. of those areas, they open some of that stuff up. But I remember the same thing with that. It's like, man, I was like, when the first time I had like an arm, my, my arm being sore or, you know, like having any arm issues was like when I was in college as well. But, uh, okay. So then you went to, 
Uh, would you? Uh, where'd Corbin you, University. Corbin, that's right. Yep. And then uh, that's a NAI, right? Yeah, a small NAI school. Yeah. Yep. And where, we didn't have snow. We had a lot where's, of rain. Where's Corbin at? In Salem, Oregon. Salem, Oregon. About Salem. 30, 40 minutes south of Portland. Yep. About an hour north mm-hmm. of Eugene. That whole area is a really, sweet spot, dude. Yeah, that 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 whole area is. Uh, first off, like. I, I'm I, I know I've never been to Salem specifically, but just Oregon and that area in general though is like just gorgeous. Especially if you're Beautiful. from if you're from Vegas, you know, like there's ain't nothing. It's just like you you go out in those areas, like again, like the you got national forests like all over the place, um, and then also I mean like trees. I've ne- you know still to this day that's like some of the biggest trees I have had ever seen. It's just mm-hmm. like you know again if you if you're used to like a fig tree, like like half the plants in Vegas look like that fake you know tree that's next to you is the um, you go out there, it's like, man, you could we could have five people and like can't wrap our arms around this tree. Like this tree is humongous. Like yeah. and so I think that that's a it's a crazy, you know, that's it's a that's cool some of the experience. oldest trees in the world there. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And I um so that's you know, also just also a very different way of life. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatically different way of life. Um, okay, so then when you got there, um what did you major in when you got to Corbin? Was it again? Did you start exercise, exercise science, science, kinesiology? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then you know, with that too, what um, was when you were taking those classes? Was it more like, okay, I'm a jock, so I want to take, you know, sports classes that I'm things I might be interested in, or was <laughs> it like, did you really like, oh, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my career. This is something I'm going to get into after this. It was more of a jock thing. Like I yeah, yeah. honestly, I didn't really. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was still yep. banking on baseball, which, like, to yep. be honest with you, looking back, like, that pr- ship had probably sailed the year yeah. year before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But, you know, in my mind, it was almost a procrastination type thing, and it was yeah. uh, it was a blessing in disguise. Like I said, going back to it, I had a bunch of injuries. Most of them had to do with my hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also tore my serratus anterior uh, so I, I struggled yeah. a little bit just staying on the field. Yeah. Um, that was very depressing for me is it, it was, it was tough to go through that, like, and yeah, feel yeah. that and not have anybody to talk to, like, for sure. everybody just be, Oh, he's soft. It's like, actually, no, I'm one of the hardest working people <laughs> yeah. out of this group. Like, yeah. and you could push me until I break, which I was breaking myself yeah. pretty often. Man. Yeah. So, uh, often. yeah, I think just, uh, you know, and they kind of lead into one another, right. Too, as well. It's like, because this means so much to me and mm-hmm. that's why I work the way that I do. But then it was, you know, the rugs pulled from underneath yep. me, which now feeds in because of what was driving me is also what's making it so hard. And I'm struggling now with yep. is because, you know, again, I'm, and I'm, I used to do this same thing too. It's like, I'm trying to rush back from injuries and I'm mm-hmm. trying to like get back on the field before I'm ready. Like I remember when I get the same thing, like I broke my hand, had surgery on my hand. It's like the moment the doctor was like, yeah, like, you're cleared from like a met like basic textbook yeah, clear. I'm you like, had a bat I'm like game, yeah, I'm like, it's game day. Like, let's go, baby. Off yeah, hundred percent. Oh. Like all the things, right? So I was like, I, but again, they like kind of feed each other. Like you're saying, yeah, is that you know sometimes on that mix. And then I remember too, like also a different time as well. And I know that you're a little older than me, so it's probably even worse. Oh, easy. He uh, <laughs> said, oh, hold on, but no, but like with that, right? Is like there was this mentality because of the schools and stuff that I was at. It's like you know, like. Oh, you're going to the training room, like you know, it's like almost like a soft thing. Like yeah, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're in the training room. It's like, yeah, bro, I freaking strained my hamstring. <laughs> like, like, yeah. yeah, bro, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm trying to get back on the field or doing whatever, right? It's like, and so I think that that's also another thing too, as well. Um, a good male ego of like, you know, yeah, I'm actually like hurt. You know, yeah, so I would like to be fixed. But uh, yeah, no, so I, I'm sure on that side it was probably even tougher at that point because at least I had a couple more years that was. 
you know, moving somewhat towards that direction and people were starting to see the benefits of arm care and, yeah. you know, health and training and all that stuff too. So when you, um, you got there, at what point did you, when you were like, um, in the weight room and all that stuff, did, is that at one point you started kind of thinking about like coaching or it, like it was, or, you know, when did, when did that kind of, um, it's hard to say because I, like I said, I had those issues with my hamstrings. Um, I had rehabbed myself back into playing and I think seven or eight games into the season, I was popping off, having a great start to the season. Uh, I had slid into obviously Oregon at rains. There's a lot of turf there. Um, I had slid a little too late into a bag and yeah. kind of jammed my tibia on my femur and I got a microfracture. Ooh. Uh, done to my femur. Oh, it was a hairline fracture, and then uh, I ended up my meniscus was torn, and I also tore my ACL at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah that was a uh, that was kind of when the book had closed for baseball for me. Um, yeah. I did rehab that back. That was a long rehab process, full yeah. year, um, and then finished playing my senior year. I only had one class in college to finish, mm. um, but ended up playing uh, my last year. But you know, there was a point in in that time that it was just like. I can't play and compete at the level that I want to. And it got very depressing for me for um, sure. So it was, it was sad, but easy to hang my cleats up because yeah, yeah. I had already felt moment. it. Yeah. And yeah. like mentally, so like, yeah, because I guess it's just gone. So, um, yeah, uh, it was crazy though. A sad thing. I lost my, one of my cousins, uh, during this time, like mm -hmm. after I just had my surgery and I was flying back home mm -hmm. and, some random guy like I had I don't know what I had I must have had like a, a Shasta college shirt or Corbin shirt I don't know what I had on but he started mm -hmm. talking to me and he was a scout for the Arizona Diamondbacks and so uh ended up you know having a good conversation with that guy and he's like well what are you gonna do now and I was like I got no idea so he uh had a buddy in Phoenix Keith Wilson at Pro Advantage training um that had been training big league guys he was a player in the minor leagues yeah um that had his own place in arizona and he was like well hit this guy up like he maybe he'll give you an internship and i still hadn't done my internship at that time so uh it worked out because i got the his his location is paired with uh, physiotherapy associates mm -hmm. and this is kind of really where it all started for me yeah yeah um so i'd i'd basically wake up in the morning i'd go do my rehab mm -hmm. with the pt side and literally walk over and do my internship with the strength side yeah so it was like, I got to see the blend of the two. And like, that was kind of the process that they had rolling there. Uh, and it was, for me, it was cool. Cause I got to work with big league guys. I got to work with minor league guys. It was like, yeah. and coming from Farmington dude, and the schools that I went to weren't like, wasn't playing with all these big players. Right. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was still like being in that environment. Like I felt a level up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like that paired with the training and like learning about the body again and how to yeah. fix it. And, uh, would you, know. you say, would you say, I'm uh, thinking interested in this too. Would you say, cause this was me for sure. I'm interested if you would agree with this too as well. Would you say that at your root, because of how you like that blue collar, like training and all that stuff too, that you had uh, more of like a base of like, everybody has like a different base of like where they start. Like, let's say you play like did gymnastics your whole life. It's like, okay, well that's like a base of like your knowledge that you come from. For me, my base was being a meathead. Like I was just trying to lift as much weight. Like I was trying to be the strongest, like, you know, cause that's what I was always told is like, I wasn't strong enough cause I was smaller in stature, like all these other things. So I just got really strong. Right. 
problem was is it wasn't transferring to the field. I was yeah. strong as hell, and I destroyed everybody in the weight room. Um, but I just remember doing that. It's like, dude, like all these guys are like these guys. That guy goes out a hundred pounds on me, and I'm three times his weight, or like you know what I'm able to pull. Would you say that like your base came from a place of like brute strength, and then kind of like learned some of the other like more technical side of things from there or would you what would you say like if you had to say like if you had to come or some people have like olympic background base like yeah. that's like they really go from that side what, what would you say like that base is for you uh i'd say my base is kind of a blend between olympic lifting and brute strength the the first program i'd ever been exposed to was uh the bigger faster stronger program and dude i i'm not gonna lie i loved that program because yeah. you didn't have to think like yeah. and that was a big part of it for was me. it more like was a lot of like just progressive overload and yeah i yeah. mean you were lifting you were deadlifting as heavy as you could you were benching as heavy as you could yeah. you were cleaning as heavy as you could you'd box squat as heavy as you could and like again like the whole intent was to put your name at the top of that top 10 list right yeah, yeah. and it was like that for me i found comfort in that space yeah. i found Easy like i understand yeah, dude, I didn't, I wasn't running around, like, this was in high school, I wasn't running around, like, doing stupid things, like, I was lifting, like, mm -hmm. I wanted to lift, mm. and for me, it gave me this sense of security, the weight room did in general, like, it just gave me this sense of security of, like, this is, this is my space, like, I, I, I enjoy it, I enjoy learning about the body, um, but at that time, like, I had, I had a lot of stuff inside of me that, you know, I felt like yeah. I, I had a, I was under a microscope that like I couldn't get out. Mm. And so when I went in the weight room, I was able to get some of that anger and frustration out. So, yeah. you know, it was a, Same. it was a place yeah. where I found peace to be honest with you. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Same. Yeah. No, I was going yeah. to say like, you know, it, uh, Cody actually said this the other day too, is especially when like you're younger, he was like, you know, it's like, uh, almost like, what are those rooms called when you go in there and you can like break everything? I forgot what those rooms are called. Yeah, like a break, like a chaos room yeah. or whatever the heck. I forgot what it's called, but it, yeah, it's like, what'd you say Ty? Racket room or something. Yeah. It's like one of those things, uh, like as well, it's like, uh, like the weight room is kind of that for me. I'm like, I'm gonna go throw some weights around. Like yeah. I'm going to go let, like release a ton of energy. Like again, built up frustration, all those things like squeeze the hell out of something, you know, yeah. like my testosterone's going to come out. Um, also too, again, obviously physiologically at the time is like, you got a lot, we got a lot of raging testosterone mm -hmm. at that time, you know, in your, in your life too. Um, I feel like too, like as a kid, like you grew up you, you almost grow up more with a fixed mindset, right? For to, sure. To where it's like you're, you're, what you're good at now is what you're always going to be good at, and that's it. Yeah. And for yeah. me, at that time, like, there had been a lot of people that were, you know, that, where I grew up, like, people weren't building each other up. They were breaking each other down. Yeah. And it was each other back in the a very hostile place to grow up, man. Like, just yeah. the environment was all around. So, yeah. you know, the weight room was a place where it was like, I am good enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to prove it to myself. And that's all I have to prove it to. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, and I, I think the, um, again, along with it, like you said, is like when you start to build up experiences and also get in the right circles where you've seen people change and develop and all those things. And I, I, I say this a lot too. It's just like, for example, like now it's like, I'm such contrary to the opposite way was like, cause I think also just my basis of, um, like faith within God, right. It's like, if you don't believe people can change, well, then you don't know God. Right. And it's just like, because I've seen him dramatically change people's lives mm -hmm. and like, not only like who they are, like what they find important, how they process things, like how kind they are, how loving they are, the skill sets they have, like all of these other things can dramatically change. And so like, I feel like on the same side of that with you as well, it's like, but I was around a bunch of people that weren't trying to change. Right. And so like, I had to get outside of that environment and go and again around, like I grew up at the academy, for example, like there was a lot of pro guys that were in there and like, 
they obviously had very different mindsets. And it was like, um, I, I referenced that book, uh, rich dad, poor dad, um, a ton, but it was kind of like that, right. It was like, my family had this uh, very fixed mindset. Like we'll always be broke. We'll always kind of do these things. And then when, you know, I got around all these guys, it's like, what are we doing, bro? Like, 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 you know, you know, like yeah. kind of entice me like too. like, yeah, things can change. Like you just got to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like, it's going to take some ex a different effort and you're going to have to do these other things. But, um, yeah, like it doesn't have to always be this way. Like you can make decisions and change your life and like do all these other things. Mm -hmm. And so like, that was uh, a different perspective for me too, which is also one of those reasons like weight room wise is like, I saw things change. Like when I was, I got more physical and it, it, at first it did give me some bumps on the field, right? Like I was miss hitting balls and hitting them harder. And I yeah. was doing some of those things. I, I, I got a little jump right before I plateaued, right? <laughs> like I got a little jump there. Right. And I did need to get stronger. I mean, I got into college. I was, uh, I think I was five, eight, 155 pounds. Right. So it's like, when I, when I got there, I was like, yeah, like I needed to get more physical and needed to eat some food and, yeah. you know, do some things. And finally, like, you know, my metabolism slowed down, you know, slightly, but I think that that, that's, <laughs> you know, just with that is like, you know, again, along with that, it's like when you start to see that when you're young, you don't know as many stories, you don't have enough evidence, right? And also if you're not hanging out in the right groups or around the right people, or you're letting the wrong voices, like, you know, like into our mindset that like, you can get this fixed place where there's, you know, nothing is going to change. Right. And, yep. um, you know, I think about that even too, with like our, our family, for example, it's like, you know, um, now when I look back, it's like, you know, again, um, for, we have two business owners in our family right now, like me and my, my older brother and my other brother works for my other brother and they got one of the biggest, you know, businesses here in town for marble and granite installation, all that stuff. It's like, my dad was just worked for those companies and yeah. was just laid tile. And like, you know, and again, look at those very blue collar again, like, um, was trying to support a whole family on like 50 K and six people in the family. And like, oh, yeah. we were grinding, you know what I'm saying? And like, um, I never feel like I went without cause I felt like our, family like my dad and my mom would like find a way mm -hmm. um and i also felt like we were like almost like preaching to me like kind of a soft thing if i felt like i didn't have it right it's like you need that like you need that like how soft <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like that mindset yeah. like you really need that to be happy like come on bro like you know what i'm saying like get your stuff together like that was kind of like our family like like we're used to being without so yeah. it's like when i could when i went without it was just like i didn't really process it like i'm missing anything it's like my brothers are right here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going without too. It's like, how am I? It's not like poor me. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and, and it's just the way it was, just, man. Just how it was. And there's, there's no reasoning behind it. Like there's, as a yeah. kid, that's just the way it is. Yeah. It's just like, okay, well I used to play with rocks and like, I mean, we, we did all kinds of like, I go to the park, like, bro, give me my bike. I'm gone all day. Oh yeah. I don't need bikes, build yeah. jumps. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Same thing. My dad used to do that too. Um, and actually, I, it's so funny now that I think back is, you know, like I used to build my own ramps, mm -hmm. like you're saying, right? You know, and it's like kind of made me handy. It's like, bro, oh my God. When I think back to some of the most <laughs> random wood that I used and I just put, I mean, it looked like Frankenstein of ramps. Like I just yeah. put pieces together and this thing and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to jump it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump it and you know blow this my back out. I don't, I don't know. Like you grew just, up in the concrete jungle, man. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't have the wood. We had dirt. We had shovels and we had garden hoses to soften up the dirt a little. Wow. Bit. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I definitely wasn't. <laughs> I had, I had, I had. Uh, uh, we were like out in the street, and I just would grab like whatever wood my yeah. dad was like he said I could use, and I would just be like. 50 nails in this thing, just trying to hold it all together, all different shapes and like different woods. Like, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was Frankenstein. And you jump. were the test dummy. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and then every once in a while, I would, you know, 
the ramp would just break. He just, <laughs> just like go to ride it and you know, scrape my elbow or do whatever. Right. And just like, I remember just having so many, you know, all those things of, uh, just coming home and it's like, I got a big scrape on my face and I'm like, yeah, like I fell or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, what life. you just described is pretty much my, my college career. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, college <laughs> you know, I, I was, I felt like I was like held together by certain parts of my body. And it was like, you know, after I'd done that internship with, uh, with, uh, Keith kind of opened my eyes up to the industry. I didn't know, I didn't know that there were strength and conditioning coaches and professional baseball i had yeah. no idea that you could make a dollar doing that yeah and it was like oh i could still stay in baseball you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like i was looking at being a college coach or something yeah uh which is another great option but you know i this this kind of just had like god willing fell into my lap man it was yeah, like yeah. i didn't deserve it i didn't deserve any of those opportunities but they fell in my lap and like the one thing i did know was work like mm. And so I might not have been the smartest person in that room, but I, yeah. I was going to outwork you and I would sure. let people know it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And I think, you know, that we'll was call her baby. Yeah, dude, that was, you know, that was, that was what I knew. And yeah. so like whenever I was uncomfortable and I didn't feel like I knew something or I felt insecure about myself, like I knew I could work. And so yeah. I just stayed focused yeah. on that. I'll get better at it. I'm going to work at it. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I, I was very fortunate. I got picked up by the Diamondbacks very shortly, you know, after leaving college. And, uh, you know, I don't, I still don't know why they gave me that opportunity, but I was more than blessed to have that uh, with that group of people that were over there. Um, very smart, very intuitive, you know, always digging on for the next thing. And yeah. it was like, I had been like thrust into this environment where you have to learn. And it was mm -hmm. like, that was something that really challenged me was I, I guess not challenged me, but how, I was how like, how old were you two when you first went with him? Uh, 22, right. 23. So right. Pretty yeah. Fresh out of college. Fresh. Right? Green. I didn't know anything. Fresh. I knew how to squat, yeah. lift, deadlift, press and, and, and pull. Yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, when I got with the diamondbacks, it was like, I was stuck in this fixed mindset of like, I'm a worker, you yeah. know what I mean? And that organization, they, they really challenged me to grow. And it was like, that's when I came across, you know, not having that fixed mindset of having more of a growth mindset and being able to be vulnerable, I would say, and not, and say that I don't know and not have an ego. And, you know, I think the ego was what was keeping that fixed mindset around with me. So I think once I, once I realized that I can learn new things and I can apply those new things, like the sky was the limit for me at that yeah. time. Um, obviously like pro ball is a little bit more restrictive on like what you can, you know, try to do like here, there's a lot of freedom of like what we can try and yep. you know, what we know works, but science might say it might not, but it's like, we maybe, know it maybe. works because we yeah. see it, we yeah. measure it. Yeah. It, 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 we don't have to. And I, and I think there's a, a place for that, right? Like for example, you know, again, a, a lot of places and also there's so much pressure where it's like, yo, we gotta be able to quantify this right. where you know, our, our, ours is like in the same thing, like here in like this type of environment, right. Too, as well. It's like exploratory, like, well, if not here, where, 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 yeah. like, where, where do you get to explore? Right. That's like, one of the things I was drawn to about, yeah. you know, coming here was being able to do some of that stuff. Cause it's like, I I've seen a lot of, I've seen guys work their butts off and lift themselves out of the game. Yeah. I've also seen guys do absolutely nothing, stay on the field for 162 games, yes. stay completely healthy and hit 300 for sure. Like I've seen both and it's like, neither of them makes sense. It's interesting. Right? Yeah. And, and I, I seen like, you know, you also have had this experience too, where it's like, for example, like everybody always, you know, there, there's always this 
mantra around like in youth baseball, it's like, well, D1 players or pro guys don't do this or don't do this. And I'm like, bro, now I've worked with so many, like, you know how many lazy pro guys that I know? Like, you know how many mentally not like the toughest, you know, pro guys that I, you know, that I've seen and not in the greatest spaces and like they could perform too. And again, like along with it, it's not that it's a bad message, but I think it's also something like for them, like people to keep in mind is that as well as like everybody has their own, um, like recipe of what, how they got there. Some guys are so like uber talented genetically. And it's like, they're not great game plans. They don't have great approaches. They don't, they don't, they don't know what the, they, they've never struggled. So they don't know what it's like to like, they've crushed at every level until they got to AAA. And now all of a sudden they're struggling and they're like, their whole world is falling because they've never had someone that was better than them. They, they just haven't played against people that were better than them. And so I think that's also a thing, for, you know, for people to remember is like everybody needs their own recipe. A lot of times, which I'm not hating on with those coaches is that they have to preach those things into their players because on average, that player isn't that good. Yeah. And so he does in his recipe, you better be gritty and you better have all these other things. Like I needed a lot of those mindsets because like I wasn't talented enough mm -hmm. to not have that, you know, but like having that experience in that space. And then, you know, another thing is as well, it's like, I also feel like you're exploring a lot more as well because, you know, at the end of the day, all these little traditional approaches or all these other things to do with it. It's like, well, if that was the thing, like you would already be good by now. Like right. you have resources to all these people in the world. You've had six hitting coaches. You've played for four or five organizations and no one anywhere has gotten you like, okay, well <laughs> we're going to do some things. Right. And, and also too, I challenge myself the same way with that is as well as like, well, I'm not comfortable with you not getting results. So I'll do you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. We're going to try some, we're going to try some stuff and like, try to see if we can get you, you know, to, I'm going to invent something today, which I do a billion times a week mm -hmm. to see if we can get you to his place where it gets this adaptation that we're trying to get to happen yep. or, you know, creates a feel for you and, um, all of that stuff. And so, yeah, I think it's a very different environment, um, and that way too, as well. But so when you, um, okay, so now you're in pro ball, um, now you're in pro ball and then, you know, with that as well, what, what would you say, like, since you were so green and you went in, what were your biggest kind of like initially, like just working in Pro Bowl with that? Like, what, what were some of like those, uh, like, what'd you learn? What would you say? Like, when you look back on that time, or if you're, you're talking to someone that literally just was green and just got in the Pro Bowl with that, like what advice kind of like, would you have there of things that maybe you learned, like, yeah. you know, in those first couple of years? First thing is just be comfortable being uncomfortable, not knowing things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's huge for real. Yeah, because, you know, you you always have this place of self-doubt and, like, fear that you're not good enough. Yep. And especially Imposter those, syndrome. Yeah, especially in those environments. And it's like, yeah. you know, a lot of the people that hire you, they they believe in you as a person. Yeah. And they're giving you a chance based off of that. Not necessarily yep. your resume. Your resume is great. Your experience is awesome. But yeah. uh, that being said, like, there's a lot that goes into – um, developing a human being, right? And For sure. I think that, you know, the willingness, the work ethic, you know, I'd say work ethic and then be comfortable, like being uncomfortable, not knowing sure. things. Yeah. Uh, are a great piece of advice because that gives you this freedom to go explore and go learn. Mm -hmm. Whereas 
yeah. you know, if you have more of that fixed mindset of like, I, why don't I know these things? Or I'm yeah, never yeah. going to know. I'm not smart enough. Like yeah. it's this restrictive space that doesn't allow you to like become truly who you're supposed to be. Well, and also, like you said too, I think it's a big thing. I told uh, me and Nicole, were talking about this the other day and I think I might've mentioned it to you too, was just like having that real conversation with yourself of like, why are you supposed to know? Right. You've never experienced this before. Never. You've never done this before, right? You got thrown into, you had a great opportunity, all these other things. And also too, I feel like when God moves with that, right? He's going to put you in opportunities that you feel like you're not prepared for, right? Yeah. Because again, like he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, right? And so like with that, right, you can put you in situations where you're going to have a lot of imposter syndrome. And if you don't have that approach or that mindset too, along with it, it's just like, again, like we are really hard on ourselves. So like with that, it's just like, why are you supposed to know, right? And if you give yourself that freedom to like learn things and be like, okay, like, cool. Like, oh, again, this is why I'm here yeah. is to learn exactly these different things or this new, these other approaches You're or how, there because of what you already know. Yeah. This is how I gain experience is by doing and making mistakes. Like everybody with experience and like wisdom is like from mistakes. Like I can have conviction in what I'm talking to you about because I've made these mistakes and I've already made all these other trouble. And I think again, when you're trying to avoid all that, right. Or you're trying to, trying to deflect everything and like act like you were right about everything. It's mm -hmm. just like, dude, like you're learning slower because yeah. you're trying to act like, you know, when in reality, just being like, if you mark, um, Michael Todd actually does the thing mean, uh, drill. He does this series where he's like, it's like marked. And it's like, you know, like really stating like where you're at, like, Hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I know. This is what I don't know. All those other things. I think we're, you know, get, I bet you agree here. It's like also early on, like the urge to act like, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like, cause you want to act the part. When you think about your kid, like you'll tell him something that, you know, he doesn't know, but yeah. as soon as you tell him, he's like, like, he's like, I know, I know. Like, I know. Do you really tell me Did what you? you know then? You were doing this for 35 oh, minutes. You're right. I don't know. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Explain it to me then. You know, since you know, but it's like, that's, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's the ego. Like you don't for even sure. know it's there. It's always acting. It's always, you know, trying right. to control your life. And it's like, for sure at this, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm in this forced and not forced, but like offered into this environment to where it's, it's learn. And you know, if you don't know it, just keep asking questions. Cause there's somebody sure. in that room that's going to be able to help you understand it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that at that moment, like, I, th I feel like it took me about a year or two to like grasp that. It was like, okay, this is the type of people I always want to be surrounded by. Yeah. Because, you know, n none of us are doing this because we already know the answers. Like, yeah, yeah. we're chasing things that aren't even out there, right? Yeah, like, that, our brains, like, our like, creativity, like, yeah. everything that, like, we can imagine where that's what we're chasing. Right. And For it's sure. like, if you have this fixed mindset, like your, your dreams become a whole lot smaller, your vision becomes a whole lot smaller, sure. but yet with this growth mindset, it's like in the work ethic, you know, I can do anything. I'll become a problem solver. For and sure. it's like you, I watch you get in the cage with guys and it's like, I'm trying to find a solution for this. Yeah. And it's like, it's, there's a lot they're, of unconventional things. that get you there. Yeah. Their, their bodies talking to me right how they're moving their movement is talking to me right and it's like we're having a conversation like me and their body sometimes they're not even involved it's just me and their body right like yeah. they're like i'm like okay i'm seeing how they're responding to certain cues and drills and, and, and their body's having a conversation for right? sure like right and then figuring out like you know again we're we're having this dance right we're figuring like out a fight bro they're trying to size each other up yeah and get in the ring trying to figure it out but usually the first round you guys are filling each other out and trying to you know, like, okay, how does he respond when I do this? How does he respond when I do this? And we, you know, with that, right. It, um, and I, I think that, um, it's an interesting thing there. Like you're, you're saying too, as well. It's like when you get in those type of environments, like you said, once you have that contrast, 
um, of how it can be in like in a growth, you know, mindset, uh, a place. It's like, then when you go, it's so contrary to a fixed mindset place. You're like, then when you're in it, you're like, Oh my God, it feels like toxic water. Like you're just yeah, like, dude, you're having a conversation with a brick wall sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it doesn't matter what you say. Like yeah. I, I could show you a piece of paper and it'd be yellow on one side and the other side it'd be Brown. Yeah. yeah. That person's only going to see the yellow if I'm showing them the yellow. Yeah. You know I mean, it's 100%. like perspective is a big part of that too. Right. Which, and it's like, yep. You know, nobody out there is, I, not in this group anyway, yeah. is trying to one up anybody. I yeah. feel like, you know, we're all here because we're chasing answers, yeah. right? That sure. aren't out there. And yeah. I feel like sometimes, you know, as a new guy, you can get caught up in like, there is an answer, there is a destination, but there's really not, man. Really like, not. you know, and if, if only the farm existed and no other place existed, we wouldn't be learning anything, yeah. right? Like there has to be, you have to have contrast, you have to have the sunshine, you have to have the clouds, right? To know yeah. what good or bad is, right? Yeah, and even perspective, like you said, right? Like for example, if someone else is explaining like, oh, this is, you know, yellow side of this paper or whatever, these other things, you know, you asking too, just like, well, you know what, why do you see it that way? And all those things is like, am I willing to walk on that side and mm -hmm. sit in your shoes and see how you view movement or training or philosophy or what it's based on and what your foundation is like, you know, again, like having like people have backgrounds of Olympic, you know, training or whatever those things are. And it's like, they're going to view things different, or maybe they have a PT background, or maybe they have, um, you know, physio background, or maybe they have, you know, like all of these things or they're biomechanists. So they like, they see things through these lenses. And also too, did they learn things traditionally from a schooling background? Because they're also going to view things differently. Right. Or did they learn things untraditionally? Because that's also going to change their lens as well. And then what are their influences? Right. Like, for example, like, you know, like you were just asking me in the office, it's like, Hey, like what books have you been reading on, you know, like fashion or this or that, or, you know, all these other things and we're like it's like oh yeah like you know again like these are some major resources that i've you know i've had or um you know i take i took this from here and this from here and that from that and this from that. And like and then you create your own you know kind of philosophy right about like why you view things and why you're going to go about it the way that you are yeah um and then also life experiences too like bro it was crazy for me like when I started training martial arts, it changed my lens. Mm -hmm. Like it, 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 that experience really did change how I trained athletes. Right. And I learned a lot. I listened to how they coached. And then also as they coached me, I, I think I, one thing that I feel like I'm pretty decent at now is putting myself back in the beginner, like mindset, like a beginner's mind. I don't know if you read that book, by the way, it's also a fire. I book. have not. Um, it's a Zen book, but it's, uh, it's called the beginner's mind. And it's like when ex you get into an expert brain, like there's few possibilities in a beginner's brain, there's many possibilities. And so I'll put myself in a lot of times in these environments where like, I'll let, I know a good amount of things about the body, but I'll, I'll let them just coach me. Like I'll blank slate, walk in and be like, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Right. Yeah. Like, obviously other than something that's going to major like injure me, but like, you know, in general, I'm like, okay, you could teach me whatever technique, however you want to teach me the process you want to go about doing it. And again, I might do this for one day and never do it again. Right. right? But I'm going to learn something. I'm gonna take pieces. I'm gonna do whatever. And I think on the same side of that, there's a lot of lost wisdom that is still in martial arts because it's so traditional that there's some things that they're doing now that they've been doing for hundreds of years. You get what I'm saying? Where it's like, you know, again, along with that, it's like, that's also where it's super held back because it's so traditional, like martial arts in a lot of ways, like there's a lot of people that aren't willing to move from some of these traditional, you know, things, but also too, it's also a good filter because honestly, if they knew a lot more science behind it, like they're right about a lot of things. Like for example, like, uh, 
like Tai Chi, right? Like Tai Chi, a lot of that, like, you know, that's these, you know, like, they're like fascial glides and like learning the field tension and like where it is and when, and like being able to pull out slack and like, you know, learning proprioception and kinesthetic awareness and like a lot of the things that they're, they're doing. And it's like, you know, somebody else would be like, well, they're not striking a bag or creating as much force and like all these things. And you can't, you know, when they're doing that, right. And this is their training techniques and they're doing all their Tai Chi stuff. Like other people would probably be looking at them being like, that's a waste of time. They're, what are they doing? That doesn't create force. Like an American Western mindset is like, that's a whole waste. Why are they doing all that? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like, again, there's actually a lot of, (laughs) you know, benefits to that. And also it, it roots back to me of when you have the humility to realize that no coach is making somebody do something because they've never seen results with it. They're doing it because they've seen results with somebody. They might be wrong in why they saw the results, but then that's when I get underneath the kind of the weeds of it, right? And go and asking is like, hey, like, what are you trying to get from here, right? And, or, um, you know, what's the intent behind, you know, these things or what's the lens you're seeing this from? Because maybe you could be, just like I say all the time with myself, it's like, I could be wrong about why it's working, but it obviously has worked, which, or I wouldn't be doing it. Right. Like I'm doing it because I've seen results with it before. I could be wrong on what I think it's actually doing and, Maybe it's just helping him stay on his back leg. And, you know, I was thinking it was something, you know, for his, you know, front arm or something or whatever. Right. But I just really liked this about it. Right. And, um, I've seen that a lot. Like, you know, for example, like, um, a lot of old school wisdom within like how they used to train hitters of like rapid toss or something like that. Right. And it's like, oh, we're teaching balance and we're teaching this. And it's like, yeah, but there's actually a lot of depth of why, like, let me tell you why you were right. And also why you're actually more right than you even know that you're right. But then also too, there's this area over here where you were wrong about what you actually thought it was doing, right. Or whatever you, you know, um, you know, your philosophy maybe behind this. And if you can really learn like how that medicine really affects, you know, or that corrective obviously really affects, you know, with them, you can apply it to the right people and get even more results Mm -hmm. with it. Right. And so I think that's another thing of looking at it from like that lens is just having that mindset, you know, around that is just like, well, they're getting results with somebody, which is why they're doing that. Now, let me explore why they're getting results, and then I can take the real meat of this and maybe apply it and things as well. What would you say? What would you say when you know going back into you back in like uh, pro ball in that environment and stuff too as well? Because um, you spent a lot of time in pro ball. It's ten years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you spent a lot of time in in, in in pro ball as well. What um when you also like just being in that um you know, those environments and like learning and those things as well. What do you think, you know, on the, on the uh, same, same note as that, um, every industry, all different setups, right? Like same thing too, like private wise, like it doesn't matter where, where you are, like private, we have restrictions. Amateurs have restrictions. Colleges have restrictions. Pro Bowl has restrictions, like all of those things too, as well, just because of like the requirements of like, for example, we got a game today. 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 It's like every single day. And then it's like, you guys play, you know, there's games that usually, especially matters what level you're at, but a lot of times they're playing until pretty late at night. And then you got all the things afterwards, like pro, like MLB levels, like got all the interviews and you got all the PR stuff and you got all these other things before these guys. I remember even when I uh, traveled with players is like, yo, like, the game got over, but he wasn't eating dinner till one thirty in the morning. Yeah. You know, he finally got home, finally got done with his PT and then like, all right, we're eating or whatever. Right. And it's like, 
okay. And then I wake up. Right. And then I got a PR thing, a press thing, or the team's doing this in the morning and like all the, all those other things too. So there's restrictions everywhere. But what, what would you say if like, for example, like in that environment, like what did you like learn around like things that you were trying to like work around or like made it, you know, also, uh, difficult or things you had to adapt to like in, in, in that setting uh in that in in baseball and pro ball particular i would say recovery um yeah it's one of Huge. the yeah it's, it's the biggest wait, that's the most amount of games you play at any level right and it's it's every single day man yeah. and not on not only that is like you're traveling to different cities routinely yes different time zones routinely yes. different nutrition environments routinely different beds routinely yeah right away from your family away from your family like there's, there's just yeah, a lot of those guys so have many... like personal chefs at home and they don't have that either when you're traveling 100 percent hydration yeah. level like yeah. hydration recovery huge. is like a premium in professional baseball like everything's huge. go 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 well well and to your point there too as well if you look back if you look back at like um even like when I was thinking about like the Ryan Braun, when he, when they look at that, it's like, I think about that as like how much weight most players lose throughout the year or gain. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I thought about that as well. It's like, you know, I remember the Ryan Braun year It was interesting to me. Cause I remember this, it was late. It was like game 148 or something like that. Yeah. And he was like legging out this triple, like straight, like, like it was like week three or something like that. Like my boy was like, full on fire sprint the third. And I remember thinking in my head, it's like, dude, I know how my legs feel. Cause I remember being in college. I was like, my legs 48 games in mm-hmm. right. Or whatever it was, it was like, bro, my legs are fried and we're not even playing every day. Yep. Like, and I just remember those things. I'm like, dude, like how important like recovery was. And then obviously from that way, like, you know, he valued in the league values so much recovery that a lot of times people were using, um, supplements i guess you could say enhancers right for recovery mm-hmm. because like they're just like if i can it is a performance enhancer for me to just feel like i'm at 100 percent every day if i can get back to 100 percent, like which is like most guys that's what we don't think about i think about this with football all the time you're watching football and you're like man i can't believe you dropped that pass or whatever it's like bro that guy's got a broken <laughs> rib whatever right yeah. it's, it's, he broke his finger last week he t- you know strained his hamstring we're watching them on tv thinking that that guy's 100 percent healthy mm-hmm. when like he's not right and the, most of those guys like throughout the season are like they're dealing with all these you know things that are happening um and i think that's a like again like to the point that people value recovery so much that they're using performance enhan- performance enhancers not necessarily to like up their max, their capacity, right. but literally trying to get back to their capacity as much as they can and just right. recover and how big of a thing that is for yep, sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it goes twofold too, because you know, you, you see guys do too much. You see guys do not enough, not enough. And we talk about, yep. you, you were just talking about capacity, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we, I, I do value strength a lot. Uh, I think that's easy though. Like you can, my personal opinion, like anybody can crush somebody in a workout. Like, yeah. I could take somebody that doesn't know anything about lifting and they could put together a program and crush you and make you yeah. feel like you got a good workout. For sure. Right. Um, well, yeah, like and then, get on this line and let's run sprints bro, here for a minute. Like it's not bro, hard to make fly. somebody Here, let's jump. Bro. Let's do all these other things. Yeah. You can do yeah. a lot of, you know, cal- uh, you know, calisthenic stuff. That's just like, yeah. And it, it, it's like, I, th- I feel like that's one of the, the things that's happening in baseball right now too, is um, they're, they're bringing in all these tools and devices and things like that to help with recovery, right? To like, and not only to help, but like to quantify, like to be able to objectively measure, um, you know, exactly where a player's at and 
point him or direct him in a in a better direction. Yeah. Right. Which is also a mix though. I mentioned I know that you brought it up. You walked into a spider web there. Hmm. Is okay, so there's also I might defer some questions. Yeah. There's also a ton of test. For example. Test? Yes. Like or assessments, okay. evaluations, okay. right? Like and what I mean by that was like tests within the assessment or something like that, mm -hmm. right? I know um, there's some of these ones where it's like, you know, again, like um, what's the machines called where you like press against it and it measures like how hard like you can like, you know, press against, you know what I'm talking about? Kind of like a portable uh, force plate thing. Uh, yeah, but there's like, there's like a dynamometer. Yeah, yeah. Like a dynamometer, right? Like again, along with that, right. Some of these are like isometric, like strength tests are like closer to in ranges, like all these other things too. But I've seen that happen as well, where like someone goes and does a test, right. Uh huh. In their assessment or things like that, right? And they're using these tests to like, oh, is this guy, should we let him get back on the field? You know, like, is he getting, is he strong enough? All these other things. And again, obviously all with the intent of trying to quantify, right? Like, and have some protocol put in place to like try to protect a player as much as possible. It's just, we have a responsibility is like, does the test actually quantify or is it actually the best way to quantify? Is this guy healthy enough or, you know, those things that go out into it? And I've also seen things like that, for example, where guys like, you know, external rotation of a shoulder on a table, you know, with a guy like also the, some of those like portable, uh, 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 dynamometers, right? Is that what I said? For like measuring it would be goniometer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, have you seen the ones where like, they like press it? Like there's literally somebody there pressing against it. Have you seen somebody measure like I, that before? I feel like I have, but I have to see exactly yeah. what you're talking there, about. There's, there, there's, there's there's these new ones out right where they're doing it where it's like uh, which i think is again the measuring your force at specific joint angles yeah, yeah. specific joint angle but the only thing too i also think it's like really interesting it's like it also has to you're also then taking in the person that's administering the test because he's literally pressing against you so it's like i've seen them do it where like a guy's on a table right and he's like from ER going into like uh, like internal rotation. And it's like the guys sitting there pressing, it's like, okay, well, depending on how much force you're putting on me and then what I'm able to create like as well. And also at, you know, those other ranges, like you're adding in another variable of like an external, you know, like force or things with it. And again, I say all this in the sense of we're always trying to get more objective, you know, measurements or find ways. And like, again, it's, we're, we're doing it with good intent. But what I've seen this happen before is like, we had a, we, we had a guy that um, left from our facility um, back at 108 when I was working there and he went, um, to an organization and he got there and they're like, Oh, like, we're not going to let him throw because, um, he didn't, you know, perform well at, you know, closer to this end range X, Y, and Z. And then a week and a half later, they tested him again. And then he passes and I'm like, okay, well, let's take that in. <laughs> it wasn't four or six weeks, no little extra, like they're literally, you know, again, he might've slept better last night or more than likely he knows the test now. His brain knows the test and goes, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Like if you would have tested me 20 minutes from now, I'll also be better. Like, because I've never done that type of assessment before. And the brain's trying to figure out, okay, what's required of me like right now. And then like, you know, you do it again. It's like, so if I'd say how stable you are and also you get activation, all the other things that you do as well. But it's like, you know, if I do a test on you and you had no idea what the text, what I was actually testing for. And then I test you again, like the second time you're going to be better. Right. You know, if I'm measuring your swing, and then the next test, I go do it again 20 minutes from now and go, hey, I'm measuring you for bat speed. <laughs> like the guy's bat speed is going to jump. Like it just, you know, because like now you know what the intent of the, you know, assessment is. Um, and it's not, um, it's not so, uh, it's like when you do the, what's it called? When you, when you do like a, 
evaluation, but you don't you don't let them know that you're like what you're measuring for. Like there's not a it's like a candid eval. Yeah, kind of like that, right? It's like because you want to see how the person naturally moves without knowing what you're asking them. To yeah, do. well, and and even any science project, like any science evaluation, right? Like you don't want you don't want them to know what's the point of this. And they'll try to trick people too. Yeah. Like, hey, when this does this, I want you to, you know, blink as fast as you can. So they think it's about blinking. They literally will give them a, you know, a placebo type, you know, focus. Like for them to focus on something else. Yeah. But meanwhile, they're focusing. They're going to scare them halfway through the thing and like shock them on their butt or something. I don't know. Right. As, and when they answer a question wrong or something like that or whatever it is. Right. And it's like they want to see how they respond to somebody and what the response time is or something like that. Right. Where they're getting their. They're distracting them with a placebo, like to get their, so they don't know what they're actually looking at, yeah. you know? Um, and I, oh, I, I did that for, uh, I remember this one experiment, speaking about that, was where they had this one where it's like, hey, um, when this thing turns green, you're going to hit a button. Uh, you just, I just need you to hit this button, right? Well, there's a guy inside the other side of the wall, mm -hmm. right? And every time it would turn green, they would hit the button and it was electrocuting him, right? or what they thought was electrocuting him. And then they kept doing it and it was like more, you know, more force, more, you know, more electricity, more electricity, more electricity. Yeah. The guy was acting, but what they were actually measuring was the psychological, like how far would they go because someone with authority told them, and there was somebody standing behind that person and was like, hit the button, hit the button. Like, you know, like just like having that effect and like how they would respond to it mm -hmm. when they think it's like, they don't know what's actually being tested right now. Right. But I, but I was just thinking about that. Like, again, any, um, when you know what's being tested, you're going to drive that metric or you're going to do those other things. And I think that's why like that return to play, like protocols and those things are all like messed up too. Cause one, they're man-made, right. We're just like trying to figure out like, you know, we went it and we're like all guessing and like creating some type of protocol where there's a systematic approach of like how to do those things. Um, if like somebody's ready or recovered or not. But I think it's also so interesting because it is crazy from like person to person. It's like, again, like we talked about like that recipe for somebody that might not be that important Right. for somebody else that might be a major part of their game. Like for somebody, like, for example, when I broke my hand, if you knew me as a player and you're as a coach, right, you got to know that it's either a hundred percent or no percent. Like there's no in between. I'm not playing at 40. So if like, if you're going to let me go play, I better be back ready to go. As soon as the doctor said I could play, I'm like two, literally two days later, I'm like playing in an inner squad guy picks back because I was literally trying to steal a bag, go back to the bag, hit the bag. My hand immediately swells up and it's like, okay. Yeah. Cause there's no 40%. I'm going to play with my hair on fire, like constantly. Right. So it's like, I think that's also an interesting thing for, you know, like, obviously as different players, right? It's like, let's say you're David Ortiz. It's like, okay, he's probably not diving into a bag and he's probably gonna be a DH right now and try to hit a homer. And like, that's all he's like, he's got a whole different return. Like the protocol for him could be way different because he's not pushing everything to like, it's max. He's not gonna play with his hair on fire like that or whatever, things like that too. So I think that's also, uh, um, we're always trying to come up with these objective. I know we went on a whole nother rabbit hole, but like, again, these objective things, um, to like do these protocols because it is really important, right? I mean, these are all, another thing that you're dealing with at that pro level too, is like, this is a multi-million dollar asset, yeah. right? That the company has, and they're trying to protect them at all costs too. It's like, you don't want to send Mike Trout back out there. Like, even if he's got like, he mentions anything about his back or something like that. They're like, yep, shut him down, pull him out the game. Like, it's just like, because again, like it's, it's a, that's a, you know, $400 million asset for them. Like, yeah. you know, like they're trying to protect it. So I think that's also another thing at that level is like, 
yeah, like, you know, this isn't a 14 year old kid that, you know, you're just like, ah, oh, he'll be all right. <laughs> Shut him back out there. Like the, you know, like I saw that with the Altuve a lot this year was like, dude, he had anything hit a foul ball off his leg. They're like, pull him out the game. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's, it's not worth it. You know? Oh, hamstring's a little tight. Pull him out the game. Like any of those. It's, just a, it's a marathon of a season, man. Now, like Long. after spending three years in rehab too, as a rehab strength coach as well, um, you know, I, players aren't just assets, you know, and that's, that's to say, like, I've seen the emotional side yep. of, you know, when they do go down and sure. I've been a part of it as a player, like at a lower level. Yep. Uh, and so have you, it sounds like, so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's a lot that you have to address. There's a lot that needs to be taken in and, mm. you know, the emotional side of like when you're down and like, these, dude, these players, they love the game man. Yeah, they, the and they love to compete. Yeah. And, you know, that's something, you know, that's, uh, for me anyway, I could say that was one of the driving things in my programs was like, I wanted to be able to provide the players uh, with the best things that were out there. And, you know, mm. at the end of the day, like that was almost what drove my program was what was going to be best for this individual, not as a group. So even if yeah. you are collecting force plate data, you know, you're getting, you're getting a large snapshot, right? Yep. But you're also able to create like individual signatures on athletes. And so I think that there's a lot of applicable information there, not to say that that's what's going to drive your program, but it gives you a little bit more of like, Hey, what's underneath the hood of this car? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Do, what do you, do you feel like, but do you feel like, um, when I feel like that's also to like developing some of that feel and like, you know, some of those things for like athletes, like that's something worth experience that I've gained over time of like learning about humans <laughs> yeah. more as well. Do, do you, do you feel like you were worse at that too, when you were like younger of just like taking in all of the, that variability and like understanding like that with players? Yes and no. I feel like I've always been like emotionally attached to like a player. Like I don't feel like, and personally, yeah, yeah. like cool. like looking back on it, I didn't realize it, but like yeah, yeah, I literally have just tried to chase how to build the best baseball player. Mm. Um, and you know, it's it's awesome. My industry is so cool because you can look at all thirty teams, and all thirty teams are running different programs. Mm. They value different things. Yeah. Um, you can see the buy-in with certain players when they get traded, uh, and where you have to either backtrack or educate, you know what I mean? On certain things. Cause what, like you said, what's good for one player might not be good for another player. And it's where, where do you, what does your program lie at to figure that out? Yeah. You know, and that's, that I feel like is a very intricate and intimate thing what with you, the player. What do you mean at the highest level of the game, everybody just doesn't agree, <laughs> and everybody doesn't all just teach all the same things? Hey Amen. Yeah. yeah, you are. You know what it's like, dude. So, <laughs> you know, and it's that, and and that's where ego will hold you back. You yeah. know, and I'm not. I'm not saying I've been around great coaches. I've been around good environments, and I've been blessed with those. Um, but at the same time. We all have to respect that we all have our own philosophy based off our own experiences, yep. based off our own successes, our own failures, and we're all biased towards that. Yeah. And once you can just accept that, yeah, yeah. you can now accept somebody else's philosophy, somebody yeah. else's experience, you know, and you're yeah. valuing their information and their insights, yeah. their, their mistakes that they've made. So you don't have to make those same mistakes. You know For what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't need to... I was the kid that my mom told me not to touch the pan because it's hot. So I touched it anyway. I was that mm, kid. But like yeah. when you're dealing with not assets, when you're dealing with players, like you don't want to touch the hot pan, right? Like, yeah. and that's, that's pro yeah, ball. Like, career. you know what? Like that means business, man. And like, I think for me too, like another side is like their families. You think this is their livelihood, right? Yeah. So one thing that we didn't even talk about yet is like the stress level that they carry 
not yeah. just inside the game, but outside the game. For and sure. Those factors, those factors play a major role in recovery, you know, Huge. circling all the way back around, mm -hmm. like all of that plays into how a player is able to go out and perform at their highest level yeah. the following day. And then, and then you, you know, you also take in like, for example, is like you have a guy, um, you know, let's say everybody's also in different areas. Like, let's say you're a MLB, you know, vet, MLB vet that's proven yourself, all those other things too. Like your return to play rather than a guy that's like on the bubble, 40 man guy that, you know, he's, you know, free agent after this year, like yeah. all these other things. It's like, yo, that guy's like, dude, I might never play baseball again. Yeah. And also I have no other skill sets because this is what I did. I got drafted out of high school. Like, you know, again, like, uh, Bro, they're going to be a like, strength coach in pro ball. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> we had, you know, we, we just had a guy like that too. The same thing. Got drafted straight out of high school. Right. Like never went to college, 10 year minor leaguer. Never really like, it's like, yo, like those are a lot of things. And like, as I'm coaching, like I'm having those conversations, like when we're talking about how they're playing and how they're performing a lot of times too, especially with men, egos, all those things, like they don't want to, they don't want to talk about that stuff. And I'm like, bro, like, how could you not be thinking about that right now? Meaning like, I know you are like, I know that you're worried about these other things, which is also interrupting. Cause now also too, your spot starting and you're not getting as many, you know, like, and you're coming off the bench and all these things. And like writings on the wall, there's a young double a guy that's coming up. That's a top performer at your position. And like all these other things. And it's like, yo, like psychologically, like these are things that these guys deal with. And also too, they gave their whole life for this. Mm -hmm. Like their whole career is coming down to this. That's why at the pro level, it's like, again, everybody wants to work with the pro guys. Cause it's like these other things, but it's like, yo, there's a whole nother ball game involved. And also too, a lot of people want to work with the pro guys for them, not yeah. like for themselves, their own yeah. ego, not the player and helping the other player. That's that that's there. It's like, they're not coming to you where it's like, like, you got to know how to manage and take in all of those variables and those things that you're talking about of being like, yo, like this guy is playing 162 games. And also too, like, who is he? Like, what is their mindset? Like, how do they play? What is their intentions? Where are they in their careers? They have a contract year next year or are they in the middle of a contract and yep. they got five more years here. And so like, also too, is he like, a um, how does that guy, you know, handle anxiety? Like, or, or again, like, how does he handle having bad games? How does he handle, you know, again, is he a guy that, you know, is going to, uh, I've had players that, when they're playing, it's like, I have to reach out to them. And then I have other guys that are like literally every single day, good, bad, whatever they're reaching out every single day and being like, Hey man, this blah, blah, blah. Just want to keep you in the loop, whatever. And everybody, it's so interesting how different my relationships are with every single player and like what their process is and like how much feedback they, they want, what type of feedback that they want. You know, sometimes they're looking for feedback, but they really just need like a pat on the butt and like, you know, hey, just keep doing it. Like, you know, and then sometimes like, you know, they're not looking for no feedback and I need to give them feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, yo, you keep doing that. Like, you know, I know you think that, you know, cause some guys are uh, built up such a re uh, resilience where they're thinking like, Oh, like dude's over 20. And he's like, I'm good. I'm good. Blah, blah. I'm like, no, you're moving like crap. Like, like yeah. we got to actually, like we got to make some changes or this is going to turn into an over 50. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not moving very well at all. Um, and, um, it's getting worse, you know, like these things are actually getting worse. And it's like, but that's the thing though. It's like, it's so interesting, especially like, um, uh, obviously different dynamics too, like pitcher hitter, what positions they play, like all of those different things as well. Um, you, you're taking in all, all these variables and, you know, figuring out like we're, that's what I mean. Like that is like, there's no book on that. Like, and, and like to your Black point, teams are, hand, are hiring sports psychologists, man. Like, yeah. You, you need somebody to help direct and guide you, right? For sure. And, like, there's a department for every, like, guidance that is needed 
for sure with each sports team yeah which which can be difficult too though because i've had these interactions too that could be it, it could be difficult too because sometimes again with good intention um you could have a lot of chefs in the kitchen yeah. right and like now you got the guy thinking about well the strength coach told him this and the mental you know like the mm -hmm. psychologist coach said him this and he's trying to go through his routine that the sports psychologist gave him but also his hitting coach gave him but also the strength guy gave him this right. for activation and then also too he's got his hometown hitting coach that is also saying this too and then you know you got you got all and then you got the manager who's like you know calling this in the game and you're like you're like dude like you're having me take you know like you guys are calling first pitch take or you want me to do this against this guy but like you know or the analytics team is also giving feedback to the manager and the manager's like trying to run the team or putting you this part in the lineup because of that but then there's like all of these things as well and like getting everybody pulling towards the same direction like in any organization That's or the goal. it's it, yeah it's difficult and also too the other teams are battling the same thing right yeah. so it's not gonna be and then also too Every year, coaches are getting hired for different teams. So they're flip-flopping teams, and you have rovering. Like I, Most of the hitters that come to me are like, dude, I've had a different hitting coach for the last six years straight. Mm -hmm. I've never had the same guy. So then, and every time I get a different guy or I move up through levels, they're all talking about different things. And then also, too, like they don't know. They don't have that Rolodex of all the things that they haven't worked for me and why and what that other coach. Because also, too, great, you're going by the player, but you know how many things I don't tell the player? about how like things that are going on in their body that they have no idea about. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they go to another coach and it's like the player only knows what I told him. He doesn't know all the other things that I don't do with him or how I handle him or all those other things. And that's why I think it's also interesting. Like we'll have uh we'll have uh, uh one of our players, pro guys will go to a different team and like nowadays like well usually our, our good organizations or really good hitting coaches, a lot of them will reach out to me if they know that I've worked with the guy and be like, hey, like what have you learned about coaching this guy? Yeah. And a lot of it is not like, great, yeah, we'll talk through X's and O's and like movement and all those things and like, hey, he does really well at this. He does really bad when he starts like doing this bigger leg kick or, you know, he, he tends to want to go to, you know, X, Y, and Z or compensate in these ways and these are things. Great. But a lot of it is like you said, is like how I'm managing, like maybe how I give them feedback or how I package it to them yeah. when I give them those things too. Um, when you, when you, looked at that as well like within all of that um and then also um i think it's the, the interesting piece is when you made that transition to where you were going to go outside of baseball right? <laughs> yeah why don't you why don't you why don't you intro that for us yeah um so covid obviously happened um and i think at that moment i was going through some hardships in my life and i just valued what was in front of me and you know what was in front of me was who I really was too like the people in my mm -hmm. life at that time and I just wanted to focus more on that so I kind of jumped out of pro ball and mm -hmm. uh, it was obviously super hard for me um yeah. didn't make it to the big league level I think I I, that was, I was going into my fourth year in AAA, um, which, you know, PCL travel back then was tough. Now, nowadays, they have every Monday off. Yeah. Uh, back then, you were in a new city every three or four days. You're flying Southwest and the first flight out in the morning, man. <laughs> so it, it was just, yeah. it was a lot, man. It was a lot mentally to handle. It was a lot emotionally handled. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I feel like I had taken a step back, like morally at that point in my life that, mm. you know, it was the best move for me to get out of baseball. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that's what I had done. It wasn't that, you know, I was a little bit burnt out on being a strength coach in pro ball. Like I missed baseball as a player, man. It was, mm. there was a piece of that that never got filled, you know, and like even yeah. working in pro ball, like still didn't fill that void in my heart Yeah. Um, that I hadn't dealt with yet either. But, for you sure. know, 
long story short, got out of pro ball um, and moved to Las Vegas. And uh, blue collar, uh, baby. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> one of my buddies at the moment, he was <laughs> selling solar panels, making decent money, dude. And yeah, like I just I was almost in this like career transition. Like, yeah, for sure. I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. Like, yeah, uh, I, was, sure. I was telling one these guys over here the other day like uh i almost got my skydiving license like and i was gonna go seriously bro <laughs> i fell in love with skydiving like That's i was like dope. this is the I most yeah, go. I haven't this, gone. like dude it, Drill it, went. it helped me live bro and yeah. i was like this is what i want to do i'm gonna be a skydiving instructor yeah and i was like you show up to work and you jump out of an airplane six times out of the day and yeah. go home bro that was yeah. a job and i was like this is a, yeah. gonna be a great life yeah. yeah uh but that didn't happen i ended up uh going to sell solar panels and you know that was that was where i grew up mm -hmm. uh because i wasn't selling the solar panels i was knocking on people's doors mm -hmm. you know making a pitch i had never sold anything in my life mm -hmm. nothing yeah and uh you know that was public speaking um being in front of like large groups of people you know those were all things that we're all scared of right yeah. and it's like you know how hard it is to go present in front of a bunch of people like you're so vulnerable yeah. man like you're yeah. putting your thoughts and your work out there mm. and you're you want the feedback but you don't want the feedback at the same time it's like yeah. when you, when somebody walks up to my door and knocks on my door i'm not answering it i don't want to talk to you yeah like it's nothing personal because i obviously don't know you i just yeah. don't want to talk to a salesman at my door yeah so like I already had that in my heart. I'm like, what am I doing out here, man? Yeah, I can yeah. remember sitting on a curb, banging my head on it, bro. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is yeah. so dumb. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I continued to push. I had people that were depending on me mm -hmm. uh, and I continued to go out there and knock doors and get denied and people mm -hmm. like shoo me off their porch and show me a shotgun behind the door. Like all this stupid, dude, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy when yeah, you go yeah, knock yeah. on You're random doors. doors for sure. It, yeah, yeah. it is not like I, I have yeah. so much respect for the people in the sales world now. Yeah um but knocking knocking talks are rough, holy bro. smokes man like that that is like nobody wants to be rejected and as soon as you knock that door you're already rejected for sure like you have to you have a to negative get, already yes yeah. man and so like i learned to like i learned to be more personal like i said i was i put my head down and i worked and this was an environment where like i had to be this bubbly personality which is mm -hmm. not me like i'm, yeah. I'm a lay low like mm -hmm. tell you how it is be real blunt with you mm -hmm. and we're gonna get to work mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> When you're knocking on somebody else's door, man, and you're trying to sell something for yourself. Mm. Uh, for one, you have to believe in the product that you're selling. Yep. And, and two, you have to get over your own insecurities because, for sure, you know, you're out there for your family, right? Like, yeah. Not just yourself. Like it's not you're not doing it because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And so there's just a lot of emotional and mental things that you have to get over doing that. But you know, I did I did okay. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I took out of that experience was. Uh, being able to talk to people, being able to, you know, relate to them. Uh, I was good at building rapport with players, but like just in a general pop, like I hadn't been in that environment, bro. I haven't talked to normal people. Like when my off season came around, I was in the house with my family. Like I was going on trips with my family, right? Like I was with my people. Um, so I think just that environment, like helped me grow as an individual uh, to be able to open myself up, be vulnerable with people and accept that failure is just, you know, to me, it's not really failure. You know, the lessons that I learned, uh, I learned from my failure. So it was never really a failure because I continued to learn and learn and learn. And mm -hmm. that's still how I view things. Like I've failed at so many things in my life, but continue to pick myself up. I've continued to make better decisions. Um, and I've continued to follow my heart, you know, yeah. and, and I do trust my morals and my values that are, are bringing me, you know, more in line with what I am doing on a daily basis now. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, I learned a lot about myself at that time in my life sure. and it was a, it was probably the perfect time to do it. Mm. Uh, but you know, shortly, you know, shortly into that job, thankfully I didn't have to do it too long. Uh, I got a random call from the Oakland A's and they had offered me, you know, a spot to interview. I didn't even have, like, I was so far out of baseball mentally. I didn't even have a resume like that. I hadn't mm. updated in eight years. Yeah, yeah. And I got that thing in, I think the next day I got hired the following day. And it was yeah. like, I, to me, I had been out of strength and conditioning for, you know, six, seven months, uh, at this time that it was like, I didn't have the language, you know, to be able to like talk through an interview. And I was yeah. like, I, I had a good interview based off my personality. Right. Mm. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get down it. I'm sure down the road a little bit, but, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was a blessing in disguise and I ended up taking that position and got to work with a lot of great people over there. got to learn a lot of new things. And, mm. uh, at that time, like that position was for a major league assistant position and a rehab strength coach. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, there were things that I was going into that I was excited about, you know, as a discoverer and being able to try things out. But again, like you're still in pro ball, so there's, you're limited to what you can try yep. uh, with certain athletes. And I think, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like the performance, you know, the result is what matters. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, in these settings, it's the process, right? Mm. And after being in pro ball, I feel like there is a lot more people that could, uh, benefit from learning a quality process mm. on how to go about your business. And if yeah. you do want to carry yourself and you want to carry yourself to the next level and to the next level, there is a process to that, man. For sure. And uh, like you, you alluded to earlier in the, in the conversation, you know, there's players that they've only experienced success and yeah. failure hasn't come their way. And it's like, you know, I don't know if it's entitlement. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh i've seen players get to those points in their careers naivety yeah, yeah and it's like it, it's not their fault like yeah, yeah. nobody so they, they weren't forced into a position that they had to fight yeah. through adversity right like yeah, yeah. they've always like won they've always been the champion and it's like when you get to a certain level in baseball like there's gonna be a lot of players that are better than you yeah and you're gonna need another side some of, of your us, game some of us that was little league you know yeah, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. you're gonna need you're gonna need a lot more yeah. than just talent you know to get For you sure. through seasons and you know i that's where i've learned the most is being blessed to be around some of these you know players that are on their way out of the game that have spent 15 plus years in pro ball mm. and it's like those are those were the conversations i look back and value because it's like i got sure. a plethora of you know knowledge and experience from these guys that have been in the game for a long time and, and like that was another thing for me is like i was most of the time even like going into the big leagues i was younger than the players mm -hmm. and it was like i couldn't have this massive ego in yeah, that yeah. environment like they knew more about themselves they knew more about the game than i did for sure and so it was just a learning opportunity constantly mm -hmm. um and I, I think that, you know, that far too often, like you had said in that conversation, in our previous conversation as well, is there is, there's so many different rabbit holes that you can go down. There's so many different coaches that you can listen to. Um, you know, that was always part of my speech was like, I know you guys have had a hundred different strength coaches in your career. Uh, and I'm just another one of them, but you know, when, when we do work together, like I'm going to help educate you on the things that you have questions about. And if I don't know the answer, I'm going to go, I, I got books where I can go mm -hmm. find that answer. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of information out there and we'll find it together. Right. And it's mm -hmm. like, we're all just trying to learn, man. And, yeah. uh, I feel like in that process, you know, there is, there's just a level of acceptance that you have to have with yourself, mm -hmm. um, to be able to not have the answer and to be able to listen to other people, 
And uh, I think that that's where the growth and the collaboration exists is within those conversations. Yeah, I think that's good. And then, you know, kind of like with that, what would you say, um, what would you say kind of obviously with all that time you had left pro baseball before, obviously getting back into it again. And then what was kind of your uh, mindset or like um, thirst for wanting to get back into a private space, right? Like, and especially, I mean, I know, you know, more uniquely, not just private. It wasn't like you were just looking at private spaces, you know, when we, we have, we have, you know, talked and developed a relationship from that way. But what, what kind of like pushed you in that same way or being like, um, cause I know we've talked a lot about that. Like you were really excited, uh, you know, of the things you were going to get to do. So I kind of wanted you to share that and kind of open that up of like where your heart was at and how you felt there. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the biggest driving things was my family. I have three boys at home. So, you know, they're broad age range, 14, 10, 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're, they love sports. So, you know, part was, uh, wanting to be back in their lives. Um, you missed out and that's what a lot of people don't see, you know, is is what the big league guys go through, man. Like even the minor league guys is like the commitment that you have. Even worse with the minor league guys, major league guys, some of them can like fly their family in and do some of those things. Like it's dude, it's, it's a real, like it takes a toll on you over time. And if you let it, it'll, it'll wash you down a drain, man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was, that was a big thing for me is just getting to a point in my life to where I was missing out on things that I wanted to be a part of, um, and not making sure that, you know, I'm not choosing myself over, uh, my people. Right. And it's like, I I was in a space that, um, allowed me, you know, some freedom, but also too, like, there's a lot of like requirements and stress, you know, that come along with the job. Um, but going back to, I think my family was one of the things that, uh, one of that I wanted to come back for, um, and be a part of their lives a little bit more, but like getting into the training side of things, like I, the, the way I'm feeling now about like getting back in the private sector is just, it's pure excitement and joy to, yeah. to be able to create something here. Um, that, and I got, and not to cut you off, but I, I got this sense from you too, as well, is that you had far less of a, I'm running from something rather than like running to something like that. So it's like feeling that like excitement more yeah. from you is more of like a, is like, Hey, like, and, and it doesn't really matter. Like it, there's just different, again, it doesn't matter what, in, like when you're in different industries or different sections of industries or mm-hmm. different, you know, layouts is like, again, like there's the res- restrictions on all different ways. And it's just more of like, okay, like, like again, the same exact reason if, if that organization, 10 other other organizations, like I hear it, Again, along with it, it's like there there is things at every different level. There's, for example, there's things even at like here at our facilities, like we couldn't do things that we can do now, yeah. like three years ago yeah. or whatever, right? Like those that, that affordance, right, is constantly changing based on the environment or what's accept you know available to us, like what we're able to do, what we've built, all those other things. But yeah, like I got that more like since as me and you talked, we're just like, hey, like you know, again, like it's a again, an opportunity to like to run towards something. And also to, I think, tap into some, um, areas for you where like applying your brain over to a explorator of kind of mindset too. Yeah. Going back to man, like, like you said, I, (laughs) it's funny that you say that because I never really thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like running to something now would have might have like scared me you know, earlier Mm -hmm. on my career because it's like, you have to just create something from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to where, like a scarcity mindset more too. Yeah. And it's like, I have, I have all the knowledge and information I need. It's putting it together, right. And applying it. And in a pro setting, 
it's a little different because you're working with multiple different departments. Yep. And like you said, like the vision needs to be the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and making sure that you and the people that you're working with see movement the same way is important. Yeah. Uh, but you know, here, my excitement is, is more or less coming from, uh, like I said, being able to develop the perfect baseball player. Mm -hmm. Um, like lifting's easy. It, it really is. Mm -hmm. Programming's easy. It really yeah. is. Uh, programming for individual people. That's where we get a little bit more down the road. Like you, I, we yeah. got high school kids coming in that hyperextended, dislocated knees, and yeah, yeah. Uh, dealing with UCL strain that are 12, 13. It's like mm -hmm. well, this is this has gone too far. Yeah, yeah, right. Like now we need to do something. Now we, as an industry, need to be more proactive with mm. you know where that younger generation is because that younger generation at one point is going to be the older generation for sure. And and, and also too, uh, youth sports has become pretty professional. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. you know how it's done and how they go about their business. And a lot of these guys like are training like a professional at a really young age and like have, I know players that have like a development team around them, mm -hmm. right. Where they, they have, you know, a strength coach, they have a pitching coach, they have an infield coach, they have a, you know, every asset of the game, right. Like they're surrounded by these things. They have, um, also too, like older uh, players or players that play professionally, they just mentor them and yeah. like how to deal with, you know, failures that's more applicable than maybe like their psychologist, they're going over more of like, you know, like traumas and other things and being able to like, those things, but also too, like dealing with direct wisdom of like feedback from players of being like how they dealt with some of these transitions throughout their life. And we do that a lot yeah. for a lot of our players is like direct from there. But the thing that also too, I, I was thinking about, um, is like you're, you're saying as well is like anybody can make a program, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean that the program is really good, right. right? We can just get a blanket program for everybody and just roll this thing out. Right. Um, but at the same time, right. You're going to get, obviously, uh, there's, there's a lot of things there where, where as well, when you're looking into, uh, this space of being like, well, I do have in some sense more unlimited time. Right. Or I do have, uh, you know, time where I can spend more of my energy throughout my day, like really processing some things like, man, like, you know, that might really work. Like, let me try that with this guy and see if that, you know, does these other things. And, and also I think you, like you said, you're, you, when you're, when you're in an environment where it's different of, uh, Simon Sinek talks about this as a leadership, like guy, if you have starting like, with like, why, yeah, start, yeah, yeah. Start with why is, uh, he talks about that as well. It's like, you know, obviously the sense of creating safety, um, to be exploratory of, um, and, and, and go into some of these environments and like, you know, what would I do if I had, you know, if I did have, you know, a different set of circumstances or also too, if my contract wasn't one years or, you know, the, the things right. and like having to deal with all of that, or, you know, again, if at any point, some new director could come in and then everybody, you know, like they bring in their own people or they, you know, the organization reorganizes, they bring a new farm director in or whatever, right? Like all, there could be all these different things that change where like in a private setting setting, it's like, I might have that hitter for five years where yeah. pro setting is like, yo, like for example, if the guy, so one guy we're training gets traded, 
I'm still training the guy. Like, it's just like he gets traded out of your organization. It's like, yo, I might not see that guy unless he comes to town or whatever. Right. It's like, and it's, you don't know how many times that's happened. To yeah. hundred like, percent. You're in the middle of a program. 12 months on a UCL, you know, yeah. and it's like, as soon as that guy's healthy, he's with a different team. Different team. Yeah. It's tough. I can man. only imagine with the A's specifically just because the organizational, you know, things as well as like, you guys have a lot of players that get traded out. Right. Yeah. And they use them for assets, you know, for money and all these yeah. other things that they bring into the org too. So it's like, I'm sure you had to deal with that too far more than like certain organizations for sure yeah I, I, the a's are the a's are a good organization they you know there's been a lot of negative connotation out there with their organization i think you know if you look at the the players that have came through that organization the players that are getting stupid good out players yeah they, they you guys have also developed a ton of players that are superstars yeah they do their teams i for mean sure. we just watched a couple of them in the world series right yeah like, for sure there it, it's it's very impressive you know to to see how that, that coaching staff over there how hard those guys work yeah um, and how, your guys is, and your guys a scouting department too i mean like you have to scout yeah. the guys and bring in the right dudes then you got to develop those guys it's not like you guys are out there just like signing a whole bunch of guys that have been 10 year, you know, like they're in the middle of their peak of their career and yeah. like bring them in. Like, you know, it's a lot a of mix guys of are, development, like yeah. from the system, it's also a mix of like when you do, when those dudes finally do get their numbers and then they get traded, they get traded for prospects and then we get the prospects over. Yep. And it, there's a lot of good ball players that come through the Oakland A's organization sure. and it's, it's got a history, man. And yeah, like I said, the, the coaches over there, they give their heart and soul to that game, that organization. Mm -hmm. And, they don't take a day off, man. And yeah. the development is something that I'm definitely drawn to and yeah. it's fun being a part of and like learning from my uh, superiors over there is it was a great opportunity. And I think, you know, seeing the younger, younger kids come up to the big leagues that aren't yeah. the Aaron Judge, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when you see that and you see the the, the gaps. Well, yeah. like uh, I was thinking about you as soon as you said that, I thought of uh, Zach this year. Uh, Geloff isn't his last name. Oh yeah, he's isn't phenomenal. It? Yeah, like when he was in AAA here, like I was posting him, I'm like, bro, this kid's gonna be good. Yeah. Like I still think, like he's, if a traditional like coach or somebody's like looking at him, he's kind of unorthodox. Like he does some moves that are kind of funky, I guess you would say. But like he does the big things like yeah. really well. And when he was in AAA and he was sitting, I'm like, bro, that guy's. That dude, guy's he does good. the little things well. Yeah, too, he man. does. Yeah, he's he he's pretty, a good he's a really he's good, a good player. player to follow, dude. He's, yeah, he does things the right way and. It's yeah. like that's that's what you want to see with some of those guys coming up. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, there's if there was a way for me to be able to, you know, reach my hand into this environment and be able to help and do that, like, yeah, that'd be great. But it's like or I could just put myself there. Right. Yeah. And it's like yeah. that's where that's where my passion is, I think. And, and yeah. like like I said, being with and, my family and, and you being, being relationship driven. I was going to say that as well is like because we can have these longer relationships with guys right. like I can we hold on to guys. Right. And it's like, it's, that's one thing that was hard for me too. It's like, I'm very relationship driven. So it's like, I don't like these transactional type environments that are set up. Right. Yeah. As well. Like it's difficult for me. Um, and again, other guys crush in those environments. Mm -hmm. Right. And they like, they're really good at being in those environments. I think I struggle with more of that word. It's like, I want, like I want to develop a relationship. Like that's the whole point. Uh, right. My interaction is like, yeah. you know, with that's it, when you get so, the most out of a player too, it's not sure. when you're just pointing them in the direction. It's like, yeah, how do you make this matter to that player too? And yeah. it's like, when you ask that question, you actually like build that rapport with the player, then mm -hmm. they know how much you care, then they care how much you know, right? Yeah, no, And it's, sure. it's the, like you said, the relationship is the biggest piece of it because huge. like I said, anybody can make it work out. Anybody can make you throw up. Like it's not that <laughs> yeah. hard, man. Like yeah. let, let, let's cut it here. Like we, yeah. 
there's so much cool new things out there, man, that mm. people are trying and it's working yeah. that nobody knows why mm. that we can start to go down some different rabbit holes and try different things with players and also be able to see their growth, their development. And not only that, but their confidence. Yeah. And that is a game changer is like, Huge. dude, if you got talent, great. If you step in the box and you're shaking, that's a bad thing. For sure. Right. But whenever yep. you know, and you see like I, I, all of my rehab guys, I go back and I leave, I had sh uh, sheets like folders with them and I would leave each week's workout in the back of it. So when they were done, I would hand them and be like, here's your work. Like this is everything that you've done in the last three months, six months, whatever the rehab process was. It's like mm -hmm. you put this work in now go play. And it's like bridging the gap yeah. between, yeah, man, like bridging the gap between all those things and, and, and knowing that like, I didn't only work out, but I gave it everything that I had. Mm. Like that's, that's what you want yeah. for yourself. Right. And yeah. it's like, not every coach is out there is willing to push that player yeah. to that. Yeah. And in that setting, like sometimes you can't push that player to that set for to, sure. To that mindset. Right. Yeah. And you like, might, you might just be pushing them along. Like you said, yeah. right. You might be watering a seed or planting a seed or whatever. Right. And that somebody else might actually see the, yeah. You know, the, the but tree grow, the know? confidence, man, that you get from like working hard, your work ethic and seeing the things that you can do, the things that you can accomplish rather than the things you can't is going to give you more and more confidence. And mm -hmm. like, like you, you alluded to of like having that player for five years, like, yeah, I could have you for five years. You could come in here once a week and I can bust your butt in a workout, but that ain't, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? Like you yeah. have to be dedicated to what you want. And yeah. You know, if you want to be a pitcher, if you want to be a hitter, if you want to be uh, the best in the weight room and like you're doing all those things, like maybe just pick one of those things, maybe yeah. pick two of those things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you can't do all of the things that you need to do, like you need to start going through your life and getting rid of the things that you don't necessarily need or the things that are distractions. So it frees up more time yeah. for you to be able yeah. to do the things. Consistent that... Consistency is also interesting, too, as well, because like, for example, like you're saying as well as like figuring out what your mixture is you know, that you need at this point in your life, maybe at one point in your life, you really like, it is a bigger jump for you to like, you know, mix in a lot more weight room, like, you know, those things as well, because you like literally need a base of strength, like you're just ridiculously weak, right? You gotta have that capacity that we talked about. Yeah, like, for sure. But I don't have that capacity. Like you're, you're at a, a big disadvantage by the time you even step on the field, bro. For sure. And I, and I think also with that, right? Like, I think people need to be careful with that mixture. Cause I've also seen people where it's like, where like, they try to go all in on the strength side and it's like, dude, you haven't hit like what a skill like coach, like <laughs> in over a month yeah. or, you know, three months or six months or whatever. And it's like, well, I'm just really trying to get physical right now. And it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of guys that are physical that suck at baseball. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, you got to understand that, like, you know, with that. And it's like, um, <laughs> uh, uh, my little hot take is the, um, again, like, I know there are guys out there. It's like, I've never had a coach say that like, this guy's too physical. It's like, I say it all the time. Like we're getting like, he got strong in the wrong ways, yeah. right? Like he's, he's, he's strong. We're like, great. He can lift a house, but like, he can't play short. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, it's awesome. Like, you know what I'm saying? But now he's a left fielder or on the bench and not even playing anymore, right. you know, but he's the strongest guy on the team. Yep. Um, and you know, and also I've seen the opposite as you've seen as well. Right. I've seen guys that are not crazy. Like I probably wouldn't even notice them in a weight room. Like if you put them, like they just do average stuff, like, you know, stay average, like, general foundational like strength and like dude that guy's a monster on the baseball field and he yeah. is crazy good with those things right and it's like and and uh i just wanted to add this thing in there's just shout out to uh annie mckay do you know annie mckay i don't 
So um, Andy McKay, I think now his official role with the Mariners, I think it might be like he's like either a special assistant to like the GM now or like president or something. He's got some unique role that he came in. But at one point he was just there, uh, just there. He was their director of player development. And um, he told me when I was thinking about transitioning into pro ball at one point, he literally told me, cause I was like asking him for advice, like what teams I should go to, who should, you know, what is his perspective from inside the game and his wisdom. And he literally told me, which is the opposite answer that I wanted to hear <laughs> was he was like, Joey, like, I think you're in a prime position, like where you are right now with where your feet are and that you're going to have far bigger impact on the game outside of professional baseball than you will inside of professional baseball. Um, you know, in the sense he was referring to without saying the words like, you know, some of the gag order <laughs> expectations, right. Of being like, you know, again, like a lot of pro organizations, like they're competing, right? Like they're competing against other organizations and they got you know, organizational secrets and like how they develop and they're trying to get an edge and they're trying to do these other things. And, um, you know, again, along with it, like I'm a sharer and I like external processor and I like the, you know, post and it just like, yeah. you know, in that environment. And also too, like I, you know, again, I like jumping from thing to thing and just like what's hot, what's pushing me at this time is, am I, you know, what's, what's, what am I passionate about right now? And I want to go really deep in this area right now and the freedom to do that. And, what great advice I felt like he gave me at that time. It's like, you know, even though it wasn't what I wanted to hear at the time. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, I'm pro ball. Like I've already, yeah. that's why I called you. <laughs> and he's telling me like, maybe, maybe you should consider not, you know, going into pro ball. And, you know, again, that wasn't what I wanted to hear at the time, but it's like, again, with that, like obviously his, his wisdom playing out, um, from that, uh, from that as well. And I think that you're going to be a huge, also the impact. I also think about that as huge as like huge impact to the game in general. It's like, when, with you in, in the space too, it's like, man, I always talk about like, there's this big gap between like experts and like a novice, right. Of like the, the volunteers or the highest level of the game. Right. I want to do everything I can to like close that gap as much as possible. Cause that gap, that knowledge gap, yeah. right. Is massive for player development. Right. And I used to think about that when I made our original foundations course, right. For hitting was like, man, there's like four or five things that if I just, you know, every amateur coach, little league across the world, every dad across the world, if they just knew these five things that we all got taught when we were young, that's like not accurate and like actually hurts their kids' performance and like just don't teach them out of these things that they're already doing well that we were just wrong about, right? Like we were just wrong. Like, you know, again, I can't tell you how many people across the nation right now still believe like squishing the bug or something like that, right? And it's like, all right. Like, cause we were all taught it, right? Like, right. Oh, turn the back foot. We got to do this. We got to do the things. And it's like, man, like if everybody just stopped teaching squish the bug, how would that impact baseball? How much better would some of these patterns be if they just like didn't teach this thing that they were taught. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and like how big, you know, that would be as well. Yeah. So I know I'm just excited, um, for all the resources and the things that you're going to pour into like this community as well. And like help close that gap of knowledge, like, you know, from the top of the game too, we have, especially with social media and all the things that we have available to us now on the platforms and the things that uh, I felt like the farm has also helped increase. And also where the industry, like everybody just stacking bricks on top of one another and like building paveways so that we could, you know, run down as well yeah. and standing on the shoulders of everybody that's also came before us. So I'm just, I'm excited to get and, and the information and the expertise that you also have in your head and the experiences you have, um, and share that with the community too, I think it's just gonna be major for the game of baseball, just because also too, like the opportunity, um, that we have is standing on the shoulders of the people that came before us of like, 
one, how we can even get it out that there's, there's a, a plethora of like people are used to going on social media now and utilizing these resources to better themselves as coaches. And think about uh, how many environments yeah. that you have a strength coach in the batting cage with you. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I, you asked me earlier, like what I'm most excited about, like, yeah, yeah. dude, just flipping right now is great. Yeah. But like having the conversations with the other hitting coaches here, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicole and Cody are great. Yeah. And like being able to take their language and their information yeah. and uh, put it into my own toolbox, right? Like I do know movement. I know movement mm -hmm. well. Um, I know the swing pretty well. I know the shapes that I'm looking for, right? And I, I like the moves that I'm looking for. But um, I also feel like there's so much value in like, like you said, closing that gap. Like there's that gap in the, the between the strength coaches, the trainers, and the hitting coaches and it's like for sure there's so much low-hanging fruit that we did we could just grab but there's mm -hmm. also so much information out there that yeah yeah you know one of the things that i've you know over the past week got to experience is just that that inner working relationship of like the most common word i've heard here is feel mm -hmm. what do you feel how does this feel um what's the feel you're looking looking for right mm -hmm. and it's like the integration between the the weight room and the cage like they're interconnected and yeah, yeah. A lot of the corrective exercises, are, they're not even corrective, just the, the movement and activation exercises that mm -hmm. are being applied are giving that player that feel so they can then take it into the cage and, and, yeah. and transfer that, right? For because sure. you have the weight room, you have the cage, you have the field, yeah. but where does that all connect at, right? And yeah. it's like, you gotta stay in your lane. Well, why? Like, why do we have to stay in our lane if we're all chasing the same thing? Like, mm -hmm. And that's one of the things, yeah. like you, you said, having the freedom here to do that. Like, that's yeah. one of the things I'm most drawn to is being able to learn the swing from you guys, you guys being able to learn movement and us mm -hmm. vice versa, right? Like yeah, yeah. we all know the swing, we all know movement here. Mm -hmm. Like we all have a similar language. There's not an ego in this environment. Like yeah. now we can just get to work. For sure. And that that's awesome, man. Yeah, love it. You created that here. I don't know about that. The whole, the, everybody has stacked <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, no, so I think that that's gonna be, you know, just uh, big there as well. Um, just having you on board, excited for all those things. Wanted to introduce you to, um, again, I've had you as a resource for years, not just, you know, now that you're here every day is, is awesome. Uh, but I, you know, again, we've, we've, we've talked and collabed, you know, uh, many times, like over the years too, especially we have a bunch of players that play in the A's organization and we'd be talking back and forth like, yo, Hey, this guy's going here. And these are big things that I gave, you know, during his eval and where we have him focused and why. And so, um, just, you know, been awesome, you know, there as well. So I'm excited to do that with all of our players now. Um, and also where it will go. So, um, yeah, let me pray us out and we'll go from there. Cool. Appreciate it. Um, dear father, thank you so much, uh, just for your love, God, and just that, uh, you, um, brought us here. And then also to just bringing, uh, candy into, um, our family, God, and just, um, we're going to just the resources that you continue to provide, um, at your people, God. And we're just so grateful for the time that, um, you've put into us and also the patience, the patience and grace that you have with us too, as well, God, we just ask that you, um, just guide our journey, that you, um, guide our relationships, that, that you utilize, um, us to, uh, for your will. And we just pray for all these things in Jesus mighty name. Amen. 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 Until next time, farm system out. Baby, bro. Oh.